0: Coming up this week, off screen. It's the end of the line for Logan. Ice Cube and Charlie Day have a fist fight. Brendan Gleeson and Michael Fassbender trespass against us. The student kicks off a crisis of faith. The start of the raid takes a headshot. The partition of India begins at the Viceroy's house. And Kelly Reichardt would like you to meet certain women. All those coming more off screen. This is
1: this is off screen.
2: Off screen. Off screen. With the latest film news and reviews,
1: this is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show Welcome to screen. I'm Van Connor. I am Case Allen. So, Mr. Allen, we've got mm. films to review, we've got yes. film news courtesy of yourself to get through, we've got a As box usual. office top ten to That's do. That's always there. But you know what, there's something slightly more pressing, isn't there, that we mm. need to urgently discuss. Yeah. So, and that is La La Land,
0: and it's Oscar win. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it was that insane big mix-up, it was huge, huge twist, <laughs> when... Uh, Suicide Squad won for best makeup. Yeah, it, it really was. was a shocker, wasn't oh, we it? We all Shock. knew it should have been I, Star Trek Beyond. We I, I all knew. I, I this. will never forget where I was. I will never forget the well, moment. It's, it's a I date that will it. live in
1: infamy. It really will. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> see, well, I know I don't say historical thing, but when I say, I think of John Voight for some reason. But uh, damn you, Michael Bay. Yeah. But okay, so obviously the story goes that uh, we, we got all the way to best picture at the Oscars. Awards were being given. We'll go through
0: the full results. I think in the podcast extras. Yeah, I think like up until that point yeah everything was pretty much going as expected there was pretty a couple there was a couple of surprises yeah. couple of couple of snubs it was the best actor thing we'll yeah. talk about later yeah there was a couple of incorrect uh, hidden hidden fences
1: moments apparently it took three minutes for the first hidden fences moment to come up If I didn't them. even notice it, it and, I, and I watched time. the whole show it was either three or eight minutes for the maybe, first maybe one.
0: I'm just sort of like just subdued to it now and I'm just like <laughs> of course that's what you're going <laughs> to say just I'm, immune, I'm immune to it now yeah so um, it, it got to the best picture right at the very end and yeah. uh, Bonnie and Clyde themselves uh uh, Faye away, and Warren Beatty—they know there. a thing or two about taking bullets. They do. don't they? they yeah. really do. And have they taken a few now? <laughs> <laughs> they are going to take a lot yeah. now. That's for sure. Absolutely. But, so yeah, it, it came to that that moment, and uh, Warren Beatty had the envelope, and he opened it, and I mean, he looked—it looked a little bit confused. He looked a bit, a bit perplexed. Did, a bit. did he not? Almost yeah. like someone had given him his own screenplay for Rules Don't Rules Don't Apply, and he was just like, "What is this?" I'm kidding. I haven't seen. I that love that, that the part. man that was in Ishtar has now made ishtar again <laughs> that's great oh, True. so of course he
1: announced uh, La La Land for the for the mm. ba- ba- well, for ba- well actually uh, Faye, Dunaway Faye Dunaway did Dunaway which is did. incredible
0: he looked at the envelope kind of did sort of like a fake out pause kind mm-hmm. of a thing everyone thought he was just being crazy old Warren Beatty yep. and then gave the envelope to Faye Dunaway to read out so she said La La Land
1: of course and then this happened amidst the, the celebratory speeches <laughs>
2: I'm sorry no there's a mistake this, there's a mistake Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture Moonlight
1: Unbelievable, right?
2: What? <laughs>
1: what on earth has happened? Uh, uh, what? It, it, was, it was mad, it was insane It, it was, I mean, I, I didn't get to watch it live this year I, I woke no, up didn't. and I watched it about an hour later on
0: BBC Breakfast I, um, I sent you a message at, I believe, 20 past 5 <laughs> <you> Saying, <did. laughs> holy F word we need to talk about what just happened <laughs> exactly yeah. and here we are we're talking about that. so we moonlight are. did win moonlight won best picture which is incredible and, great. And, and and for my money i mean my opinion is different to everyone else's I'm i sure think it is. moonlight's a better film than la la land hands down i do, I, know, do I, think I, I would i would say that but just marginally but to be honest i i've had three films mm-hmm. that i have kind of loved equally roundabout la la land moonlight and manchester by the sea and for me, they're all awarded. They all won pretty stuff. Pretty big yeah. awards. So I was kind of fine with whatever the outcome of that was, and it turned out to be uh, what turns out quite a very close two-horse race <laughs> between uh, La La Land and Moonlight. But of course, you know, as you've already... I'm happy I, I You've already out. pointed
1: out that. That's not the real controversy of this year's Academy Awards. The real controversy, of course, is that we now have to go through life using the phrase the Academy Award-winning suicide squad.
0: Mm. Really? This is I the ju- world we I live in. I just feel like that is the category, but it gives credence <laughs> to really bad films. Do you remember when Norbert won an Oscar. Did it? Did Norbert Nor- won an Oscar. Norbert won an Oscar. Yeah. Oh good God. Well, yeah. Eddie Murphy didn't win an Oscar for a really good performance in Dreamgirls, but Norbert. Norbert won an Oscar.
1: Yeah. It's amazing though the things that things that get uh, nominated for things like best hair and makeup and yeah. I mean, didn't we get nominated for like best costume or something? The Madonna. Yeah. Uh, Madonna. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. For oh. Wallace Simpson. Wallace Simpson. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. But oh well, that's that's what the lower rung Oscars are for. Did you bet this year, by the way? Did you do the Oscar? I track did. For? I won five pounds. Did you? What was your score pounds. out of the twenty four? What did you actually guess? Well, right? I, I I didn't bet on the whole thing. Oh, did you not do the spreadsheet on
0: the Oscar site that you can multiple I, I did. Play? I did that. But that's not what I bet on. So oh, right, I found sorry, out like, Two yeah. separate things. I put a bet on six films, and most of them came in, so I won five pounds. Excellent. But out of a twenty four on my mm-hmm. own like spreadsheet, thing, sheet, yeah. I got seventeen. I got nine. That's terrible.
1: I got, you, no, you obviously need to watch more films. No, you know what it was? I I stupidly assumed that the
0: Oscars were just a little bit more dependably racist
1: than they are. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I I that put, shot
0: me in the foot. Well, I That's put it. Denzel down for Best Actor, and I put down uh, La La Land for Film. Oh, and
1: oh, oh I, I, I won, won Mia Viola Davis. I did. Well, uh, of, I mean, of course.
0: That that was like the 100% lock of the night, wasn't it? That really was. She, you know what? She earned that. Good for her. Yeah, her um, um, Harsha Ali... Yeah, I got him as well. I was so I happy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and I, I'm I'm not I'm not going to talk about it now because it doesn't need more kind of no. airplay. But casey affleck I was I was thrilled with that. Good. Well, we'll yeah. go, we'll go through the results in in total in the podcast
1: extras. I think this week. Speaking of which, let's plug the podcast because obviously this week we've got the student trespass against us and headshot. If you're a fan of the raid, you want to hear us talk about headshot, and we haven't got time to do it on the broadcast, the radio edit. So what we're going to do is we're going to put it all on the podcast extras. Go on to uh, onscreenfilm Go to the off- screen section uh go on tune in go on deezer go on itunes acast just type in off screen download the full extended version and if you go to the end credits you get the extra content and our moment of cage and more film news and occasionally a song and dance number and uh, case is a chorus man you know but uh yeah so we've got a lot to come (laughs) you're just not disagreeing with that at all i have no reason to. no reason no 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 Uh, so let's talk then about uh, about what for me is the big heavy hitter of the week We've got to talk about fist fight I mean there's nothing else this week That could possibly compete with fist fight surely. Oh obviously not no, I mean, no, Nobody, nobody with f-
0: knife hands
1: no, Nothing at all There's no Freddy Krueger's this week mm-hmm. But uh, let's talk about fist fight then uh, Let us by Richie Keane Stars Ice Cube Stars Charlie Day And it's a really basic concept It is the last day of school and two of the teachers who don't quite see eye to eye, you've got a sort of, you know, uh, a weasley one played by Charlie Day, and you've got a very alpha male, taciturn, sort of brutish bully-type teacher played by Ice Cube. Due to a misunderstanding which then leads to a loss of temper in front of one of the students, Ice Cube winds up sacked. And uh, his response to this is very simply to challenge Charlie Day to a fight. Uh, we have a clip. CAMPBELL! parking lot after school is on well
2: man there's 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 nothing i could have done you know so I'm, i'm very sorry you lost your job but this this is over one man wins when the other is unconscious then and only then is it over
0: you, you really want to have a,
2: a fist fight after school like we're a couple of students? I want everybody to see this. Te- teachers don't fight. We're going to handle our differences like real men. What differences? You got a job and I don't. This is a bad joke. Snitches get stitches. Snitches, st- snitches and stitches? What are you talking about?
1: Right, so here's what no one expected from the marketing campaign for this movie. I mean, first of all, it is good. You are going to laugh. You know, we've been sort of hyping it up for a little while in our own little sort of jokey way that we do. It's just because of my love for
0: Charlie Day and Ice Cube.
1: Yeah, that's it. it, it yeah. It's a
0: combination of those I could not two have been more country. whiter when I said that. And <laughs> Mr. Ice Cube. <laughs> M- Mr. Ice Rick Cube. Yes. <laughs> Ice Rick. <laughs> Mr. Ice Rick Cubington the first.
1: <laughs> Ice Rick Cubington. Which is clever because, you know, three is cubed. So. <gasps> oh, man, that is good. That is. Do you know what? We couldn't have planned that if we tried. Yep. Okay, so this owes more of a debt than you'd expect to the Farrelly brothers of all people. It has a lot of that Farrelly like morality and momentum to it. A very Farrelly-like tone, but what it lacks is the uh, that that Farrelly-like uh, tendency to go as dark-hearted as humanly possible. To go into, well, <laughs> the toilet humour really, but just mm. to go, just to go unflinchingly into it. This has some of that, but not quite. It is a lot more dark-hearted a film than you'd think, and it kind of has to be, because Charlie Day obviously is known for it's always sunny. Ice Cube now is becoming more and more known for comedies, and it's a chance for him to get to do more interpersonal sort of a, a, a comedy um you've got a great supporting cast so Gillian Bell I mean we were both fans of her big fan um we've got t- Tracy Morgan whom if you don't like Tracy Morgan at this point you need to watch more 30 rock what's got you looking so confused
0: Nothing. Nothing. I'll,
1: I'll talk about it in the film. <laughs> fair years. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you've got uh, Kumail Nanjiani as well as the as the security guard uh, Dean Norris. As the, it's it's a great cast. It's a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of laughs to be had. It has this sort of fusion where it's taken the Farrelly idea, it's taken the frat pack idea, it's taken the appetite, and it's mashed them all together. And it actually comes out better than it did. Um, better than you'd expect. I thought it, was, it genuinely had me howling with laughter from end to end. You do know the plot points from the trailer. It is kind of predictable where it's going to go and you you knew that from the trailer though. I did love it though. It it lived up to the hype for me. Well, that's good. But uh, cuz there's, there's nothing worse than that uh, especially with R rated uh, comedies where you get them and all the good jokes are in the trailer and the better jokes are in the art are in the red band trailer mm. and this worked. this actually did live up to the hype and i laughed as much as i wanted to it didn't surprise me
0: like i hoped it would mm. but it it ticked the boxes Do you know what uh uh what film starring mr cube i watched the other day go on what is it uh barbershop three barbershop three a, a fresh cut a fresh cut that was yeah. the one yes yes on. it was pretty good it was all right, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't anything special. It was, it was fun. I liked it. Cedric, Cedric the Entertainer was there. He was entertaining. <laughs> I don't know whether we'd call him the Entertainer. He's just an entertainer. Cedric, an entertainer, an entertainer. I feel yeah. like
1: it's more appropriate of a title of, well, of his standing.
0: Yeah, the Entertainer. A man of his ability. But and over. <laughs> what
1: <laughs> film was he in recent? Oh, is Why Him? He's oh, uh, is he why Brian Cranston's best friend in Why Him. That's cool. I've still not seen it. I shall but, at some uh, point. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be on home release soon, I'd imagine. I would think Got so. To be, before yeah. Easter, before Easter.
0: But yeah, so fish fight. You can check it out. Uh, I mean, at some point in my life, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to, (laughs) like, rush out and see it in the way when I'm going to rush out and see Logan, but... Mm. I mean, I I will see it. I will let it come to me. I'm not going to go out to it. Fair
1: dues, fair dues. Well, we'll leave that there, then. We'll come back with the box office top ten and the aforementioned Mr. Logan.
0: With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show.
1: And we're back. So, um quick bit of news before the uh before the top ten, uh, uh, to the Yeah, let's do it. Quick? Um
0: quick but very, very sad. Go on. We so go. uh the news broke a few days ago but Bill Paxton passed away. Oh man. And this this came out of a blue. It, was this Sunday afternoon? It was what? Sunday afternoon and um I saw it on Twitter but I didn't I didn't register it because it was so kind of shocking
1: Oh saw it came from TMZ I'm like, I'm not believing it till it comes out of a Variety Yeah, but, uh, I
0: think it was on the Empire Twitter feed And mm-hmm. they'd got like a list of his best performances And I was just like, oh that's cool we we'll are just talking about Bill Paxton for no reason For some reason my brain didn't connect the dots And he passed away
1: age. I didn't even realise he was 61 I thought he was still like 10
0: years off, 10 years away from him like in, in his 50s or something yeah, yeah. I thought he was like well, 51 you, you forget how, how prolific he was He was, and, and the films this guy did yeah. I mean, he's he's, just coming out now kind of like how revered
1: he was by his community. It's very true, isn't it? I didn't realise he'd gotten a start as a set decorator on Roger
0: Corman movies. Yeah, well, his dad was like into art. His dad was an artist as well. And I found out about that listening to uh, the Mark Maron podcast he was on only two weeks ago. And I was like, "Oh, this guy sounds amazing!" Because I've always been a fan, but never mm. knew that much about his life. And really interesting, really like articulate, verbose dude. And it is weird yeah. now when
1: you look back on some of his some of his more known roles that he always favoured something slightly more comedically tinged. Yet he was a he had great, really timing, solid, serious actor though.
0: Yeah, he he could be terrifying. In you the, look at in things in like the the a simple and, plan and oh, simple plans, one false yeah. move, and yeah, really good director as well. Like I feel like he sh- he could have made more more things but yeah there's some great tributes out there i mean james cameron's tribute obviously is the biggie uh, there's, there's that one yeah out there. Uh, tom hanks wrote something for him as tom well Tom hanks, hanks was another i'm
1: trying to think who it was that uh, he hooked up
0: with james cameron for a film that never yeah. quite took shape there's a really in fact there's two really incredible pictures i'll talk about just really really quickly mm-hmm. one is uh have you heard of someone called jim will paint it Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah, so paint it? Uh, at the request of Patton Oswalt, of all people, I saw the I saw the request actually. Yeah, yeah. As, as as did I. He wanted a picture of uh, um, the Terminator, a Xenomorph, and a Predator pouring out forties on the grave of Bill Paxton. Because yeah. of course he's the only actor to be killed by all three. Exactly. Yeah. So that picture is absolutely incredible. There's another photo that he was actually talking about himself on this podcast. Yeah. Of when he was a, I think he was a four year old boy, he was taken to go see John F. Kennedy. Give a speech. Oh, yes, And I he's, did be, hear he's that. been like held up on his, yeah. on his on his dad's shoulders or something. It, it's an amazing photo. It's I incredible. did hear about that, yeah, because i remember thinking, that is so weird. Yeah, but he, he was talking about it in, 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 in the podcast. I'm
1: going to have to listen to that. It's, it's really good. It's really yes, he passed away at age 61 owing to complications from surgery. Mm. And it is such a shame. And he just finished work on the first season of the Training Day TV series. So that first season at least is sort of wrapped up. Mm. And that's going to serve as his epitaph. His well, final. What, was, role, wasn't he on The Exorcist as well? I'm not the sure about that show. One. I know his final actual role is going to be in The Circle yeah. with Tom with Hanks with Tom Hanks yeah which yeah. in a way but which kind is kind of full be a circle, circle in a weird mean, way isn't it? It, yeah. isn't it a reunion with Mr Hanks he's hmm. going to be Emma, uh, Emma Watson's mum yeah, Emma Watson's mum. Emma Watson's dad. Sorry, <laughs> that's a real acting. touch <laughs> uh, Emma, Emma Watson's dad in the circle. Uh, which is
0: is it End of April? It's something like yeah, something it's of
1: that. end of April or May. But um,
0: that actually looks quite interesting. It
1: does, yeah. But uh, all right, let's uh, let's do our, our our due diligence then. Let's start the top ten for this week. Number ten: A Cure for Orson Wellness. I love this movie. I really do. It is dark, creepy, sinister, emo-tinged like you wouldn't believe.
0: It, <laughs> so. Dane DeHaan then it's basically Dane DeHaan the, the movie, movie. starring <laughs> Dane DeHaan starring Dane DeHaan. in a Dane DeHaan film <laughs> produced by Dane DeHaan
1: you wouldn't be surprised um, I loved everything about it I love the setup of it the design of it the build of it just the feel of it it's creepy and unsettling but in a glossy popcorny way it feels at times like a Hammer movie and it feels at other times like a little bit of a Cronenberg movie and I really really dug it but at the end of the day I came away and went that was basically emo Shutter Island and I loved it. Big fan. Want to desperately want to see that again.
0: Number 9.
1: Moonlight. <laughs> I mean la- <laughs> <laughs> the Oscar winning La La Land for Two and a half minutes. For two and a half <laughs> <laughs> minutes. Yes, the Oscar-winning uh, La La Land, which, do you know what? It, it's got its plaudits. Do you think it's going to stick around for the box office top ten for much longer now?
0: <laughs> I mean, this this could give it some more time when you think, I think about so. it, yeah. I think it's got an extra six weeks. Do you know as what? As well. I won't be surprised if Moonlight goes back in.
1: I won't now because it's gone. it's gotten a wider release on the back of
0: its yep. uh, award win. So mm. it's opened in 1,300 more screens in the US. I think it was already pretty wide here. Which is good because if, if the Oscars does anything, sometimes it can help films that need a bigger audience. It does, so yeah. that's. That's good.
1: Not that you get better exposure than the Oscars, really. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> well, just ask Warren Beatty. Um, but uh, no, so I, I like La La Land. I don't particularly think Emma Stone should be considered the best actress of the year for that one. But
0: you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. it's fine. I think uh, maybe more Natalie Portman. But uh, um, I'm going to reserve my ranting until the podcast actions. Fair enough. Fair enough. Number 8 Lion You've not seen any of the Oscars And mm. we're going to be referencing it a lot Obviously in this episode There, okay. is, there is a bit Where Jimmy Kimmel is talking uh, To the star Well one of the stars of Lion uh, Sonny Poa. Yeah the young boy And he's he's great He's He's, he's great in the film And he's right. have he, Is he only 6 or 7 or something like something that? Something like that yeah. Something like that There's an amazing bit Where Jimmy Kimmel uh, Holds him aloft above his head yeah. A la Simba In The Lion King <laughs> <laughs> Well, i i i loved lion um another one that I, re- I really i'm looking
1: forward to sort of the, the post-oscar time when i can sit and enjoy these films kind of on their own terms as opposed to having to think about them as oscar fodder yeah. and lion is one i'm very much looking forward to taking in again it's one that i want to sit down with a cup of tea and a blu-ray and just enjoy on a sunday
0: afternoon yeah, i'm sure that you will
1: and it, it, it's a great movie it's got some terrific performances the story's really gripping rooney mara is a bit Sur- surplus to requirements, but uh, to be fair, that would have been the, the case no matter who you cast in that role, and Dev Patel and Sully Poa are absolutely terrific in it, so fair dose. Number seven. Patriot's Day is a new entry. Which is kind of what you expect of a Peter Berg boston marathon movie i mean it's, it's got the flag waving it's got the ending where they whip out the real people and give you the same story again but this time with the real people mm. it's got mark walberg doing his uh i seen you eating lunch alone you loser routine um and it's got john goodman and, and kevin bacon and all these you know reliable actors being reliably good and that's fair enough. I came away from and thought, actually, this is a, quite a, a taut, very tightly packed and condensed, you know, politically charged thrill. I mean, it doesn't wear its politics as much on its sleeve as you would expect, but that's probably for the best considering. Number six. The Chinese ponytail film. <laughs> the Chinese ponytail film. You know how um, Clash of the Titans um, is always going to be remembered as... The Clash of the Titans remake, sorry, is always going to be remembered as that film we had to suffer because Hollywood really wanted to cash in on 3D. And we wanted to make Sam Worthington a thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Those two things. Uh, the Great Wall is going to be remembered in a similar way, which is, this is that film we had to suffer because Hollywood really, really wanted some Chinese money. And that's a shame, because the film does deserve better, that's a very 90s-style fantasy, uh, you know, adventure war movie. And for the most part, it works. You kind of wish you'd seen it 25 years ago, starring Kevin Costner and Antonio Banderas, but, you know... I'm never going to call Matt Damon a poor man's Kevin Costner. I mean, I think that's that's unfair to both. (laughs) Oh, rich man's Tony Van Der's. That's Pedro Pascal. (laughs) I was just going to say that, actually, yeah. (laughs) Who I I want to point out is a Spanish character who at one point slays a dragon through the use of bullfighting techniques.
0: So that that actually happened. I'm just going to put that out. I don't know if that's great or. Whatever the opposite of great is. You can't decide, can you? It's weird. No, I don't know where I stand. I don't know who I am anymore. But uh, you know what? It's not the Great
1: Wall. It's the Passable Wall, on which note, we're running out of time. We've got to move on really quickly to Logan, uh, because I don't want to give this one short shrift. So, is that right? Short shrift? Yeah, that's true. Okay, Logan, you're looking forward to this. Yes. (laughs) Go as deadpan as possible, please. So this is the final Wolverine appearance. This, well, the final Hugh Jackman. By Hugh Jackman. Because they're clearly going to recast this for the Young X-Men movies. And I'm sure Taron Egerton is waiting by the phone. Anyway, uh, Taron Egerton, Tom Hardy, whoever, they're waiting by the phone. Um, Meanwhile, Hugh Jackman's hanging it up with this one. This takes place in the year 2029. There's been no new mutants born for 25 years. Logan lives in El Paso. The world is like a desolate, sandy place. He's eking out a living as an alcoholic painkiller-popping limo driver who's basically saving his money so that he can buy a boat and sail off into the sunset with Professor X so that they can be away from people. And Professor X, whose mind is now deteriorating as some form of Alzheimer's or ALS, Mm. um, is having these, these psychic episodes as a result of his condition, and the idea is to get him as far away from the human race as possible. Meanwhile, Professor X has a claim of his own, namely that he's communicating with another mutant, i.e. the first one they've encountered in two and a half decades. Said mutant then crosses paths with Wolvie and, uh, and Professor X. About the same time, some mercenaries show up, and can you guess what the basic plot here is going to be? It's going to be kind of a let's protect the innocent and go on the run from the Commandos type movie. To which end,
2: here's a clip. Hey Mr. Morrison You understand you're trespassing right now, right? I have an easement with the previous owner of your property. <laughs> previous being the operative word who's this just the guy telling you to get back in your nice truck and go play oaky dickhead somewhere else hey Carl looks like Mr. Monson hired some muscle looks that way he's a friend of mine a friend with a big mouth I hear that a lot and you probably hear this too more than I'd like and you know the drill. I'ma count to three, and you're gonna start walking away. Yeah, right to this one. One. I have a lawyer now. Two.
1: Right, there's been a lot of talk, um, because this has had a huge buzz around it. This has had almost Fury Road-level buzz around it in advance. And you can always tell when Fox know that they've got a hit on their hands, because they actually allow people to see it in advance. So, yeah, I mean, hence the case No One Saw Independence Day in advance, because we're pretty sure they knew that was awful. And and if they didn't, they probably shouldn't be making films, let's be honest. This has been... A lot has been said about Logan in relation to Westerns. There is a point in the film at which we are actually shown the movie Shane. They actually had have, have Shane oh, on, really? on the background, yeah. <laughs> and Professor X makes a comment about how he remembers seeing it in London at this cinema, which I actually checked and did exist once upon a time. So presumably, Patrick Stewart has ad-libbed this. And you think, okay, that's really clever. What it owes more of a debt to than anything, though, is Unforgiven. It seems to follow the same basic archetype as as Unforgiven. Even your character tropes seem to be borrowed from from Unforgiven. Um, It's going down a similar... Because there's a very finite number of series that have actually got to end on their own terms. You look at something like The Dark Knight Rises, for instance. A lot of people can test the ending above all else on that. This, to be honest, the ending's the least least effective thing about it, you're not really interested in that you're interested in the actual film itself you're interested in the mechanics of this unforgiven plot and that's really where it all hangs it's well shot james mangold obviously has a pedigree in things like 310 to humor which i didn't appreciate when it first came out and i've sort of grown more of a fan of
2: yeah
0: it's
1: it's worth uh, worth another look it is um and also had christian bale really good performance by christian bale i quite like that um but no james mangold hugh jackman winning combination again don't try and place this into any kind of continuity because you'll drive yourself mad doing it. There's a very, very passing reference to uh, the events of the first X-Men. That's really about it. You can take this as a completely standalone movie. If you've never seen a Wolverine movie, you can watch this and not have to worry about an X-Men cameo or anything like that. It's not one of those movies. And as an actual ending to a series, it's pretty good. It has a beginning middle and end. It forms the actual end of its own weird little little trilogy as it were. It's got a great score running through it. It's got solid support from uh Stephen Merchant. Patrick Stewart gets to give you a version of Professor X that you've literally never seen before. It's actually something surprisingly different. The the idea that uh Patrick Stewart has said I won't do any more now kind of makes sense because it's it's once you've seen this side of professor x you think i don't want to see any more of him because i feel like that might be ruining what's now kind of the perfect thing um it's it's got it down it's got the action beats it's got the mood it's got the tone it's got the intensity it's got the ferocity the only negative thing i can say about it really is all to do with its villains richard e Grant. And Well, not so much Boyd Holbrook. Boyd Holbrook's pretty good. I've said to you before, I've not seen Narcos. I don't know his word from that. Uh, Richard E. Grant is kind of a whimper of a a villain. There is another element in there which feels like it belongs more in something like uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. And it's all kind of held together by this really great performance at the centre of it all, by Hugh Jackman, and, surprisingly, Daphne Keane, who's a newcomer, who's the, the young mutant, whom, if you've ever read a comic book specifically to do with Wolverine, you could probably hedge your bets as to who it is she's actually playing, because it's a list of one. So, yeah, if you're a Wolverine fan brace yourself you're going to love this if you're a fan of darker hearted comic book fare like you like the 2004 Punisher or the The Dark Knight then go along and see this it's not quite got the tripping over itself thing that the Dark Knight Rises has it's not got the goofiness of Spider-Man 3 it really works and it's really solid well that's good <laughs> with the latest film news and reviews this is off-screen. In my time. And we're back. So, Mr. Allen, where should we go
0: next? Let's go... See a certain woman. I mean, we said a certain woman. A certain. A, a certain woman. A certain women. I am Case and I am good with grammar. I know words. I know the best words. <laughs> I know the best words. Oh, God, I, I need to have a shower. After you've quoted Donald Trump before. Oh, uh, well. Anyway, okay. Certain Woman, which is a film that I'm sure he will never see.
1: Probably not, no. no. Um, do, you, You're far more indie-centric than I am in terms of the films you know about. Do,
0: do, is this something you... He listens disposed? while stroking his beard. <laughs>
1: Is this yeah. something you were anticipating? Did you, were you aware of this film coming out? Because I, I was getting confused. With i, I heard of it, century, but where? yeah,
0: I, I am exactly the same. I was getting a little bit confused with that film as well, and I was only more excited for that film because somebody like Mike Mills and Annette Benning. Oh, yeah, and that had, didn't have Billy Crudup in it as well. Yeah, and Billy Crudup is just like a plus point against any film for me He's, he's great, he he is literally a golden god
1: no, he, There you go, yes he yeah. is, yeah. He is yeah. Does golden he have god. an
0: Oscar to his name? Because then you could say he had a golden god as well No, but I can't wait for Bidet when he does <laughs> <laughs> I have a golden oh, god I And mean, then he just jumps off a building yeah, exactly. Like almost famous um,
1: Right, so this is uh, <clears throat> Kelly Reichardt who brought us uh, Wendy and Lucy, I want to say About mm. ten years ago Which is yeah. a film I've mostly forgotten if I'm being really honest And what you've got is a character study of three women why they're certain women, I don't know, but they are three. Uh, one is, uh, Kristen Stewart, another is Michelle Williams, and another is Laura Dern. So they're not even particularly age relevant to one another because they see, I think that might be the trick actually. One's in their 20s, 30s, and four. Mind you, Laura Dern's going to be in her 50s shortly. Yeah, she looks really good for her age. She does look good for her age. Although now I creepily see Bruce Dern whenever I look her in the face. But uh, anyway, so what you've got are these these three character stories which are tenuously connected. They have fleeting, in-passing connections. So, for instance, in the background of a Kristen Stewart scene, you might notice Laura Dern walk past. Uh, Michelle Williams' husband is briefly acknowledged to be having an affair with Laura Dern's character. But other than that, the stories don't particularly touch on one another. So what you've got is the story of Kristen Stewart, who is a... A, a young lawyer who has to drive four hours teaching night class who strikes up a friendship with uh, with one of the students which is actually our clip um we've got michelle williams who is building a house with her husband and uh, they're building their, their, their first home they're living in a tent on the ground and it's all to do with how much they want some limestone and they want to buy it from rené aubergenois who lives in a nearby cabin hmm. and yeah, and then there's Laura Dern, who um, is is trying a case with a client who's played by Jared Harris, and uh, he's kind of uh, he's not quite altogether there, and he's a little flies off the handle at a moment's notice, and she, she thinks there's a possibility he might go violent. And so these these three stories take place. There are tenuous connections. Here's a clip of the Kristen Stewart storyline.
2: Wanted any job? I was afraid of my loans coming due. I didn't know where Belfry was I guess I was thinking about Belgrade, which is a lot closer so stupid <sighs> and I got a real job and they're letting me do this because they think it's funny the pass is icy it takes me four hours to get here it's going to take me four hours to get back. And I have to work in the morning. Did you tell me how you ended up in this class? I just saw people going in.
1: Kristen Stewart there with uh, I think it's Joe Claiborne, I think. Oh, uh Lily Gladstone, sorry. Um right, so that clip kind of sums up the energy of the whole film. That's it. Yeah, let out the yawn case, because that kind of sums up the film perfectly. That wasn't even
0: that wasn't a critique on that clip. <laughs> no, you just I got, just <laughs>
1: tired. But it was very well timed. <laughs> it was very well timed. If you had yawned literally as the clip ended, you would have kind of summed up the film. Um it's well acted. It you know uh, it's got, uh, really good cast, by the it's Luxembourg. got a great yeah. cast. The problem is you, you watch it and you come away and you just think what the, what the hell is this? Why didn't someone throw a pie? I, I just what did what was it saying about anything? I'm, I'm not, not sure. Someone has to have a pie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just no, no, no. That's spoken like the indie centric guy. No, I need the pie. I need the pie moment. <laughs> and yeah, uh, shut up, Vincent Gallo. <laughs> <laughs> not the Jason Biggs pie moment, but I need a pie moment. And the problem with this film is it's so low energy and it's so docile and it's so kind of. Unenthused about being there. You just come away and you think, "Yes, Michelle Williams can act. I already knew this." And Kristen Stewart can act. Do you know what? I already knew that because she was arguably the best thing about Billy Lynn's time walk. And you know, I mean, she's been really good in a number of things. She's excellent in uh, in Adventureland. By the way, can we examples. just touch on something? We got mm. uh, an angry tweet from someone about the <gasps> Billy Lynn uh, review. Remember that? I love angry about tweets about how we just didn't get the point and we were web trash. We clearly hadn't <laughs> got the point of... the uh, trash. Yeah, we, which we're web trash, and we hadn't gotten the point of Ang Lee's beautiful film. Can I just point out that as of today, that film has made £28,549 at the British box office. So I'm just going to say, obviously most of the viewing public kind of missed the point as yeah. well. So a lot of web trash out there. A lot of web trash, yeah.
0: But uh, <clears throat> neither here nor there. Um, so just, just sticking with that person, this person made this comment online, yeah? Yeah. We, well, that's funny, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Go figure. Yeah. Go figure. Calling man. us up Trash. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> carry on. But
1: let's not take on every one of our haters, because that's, that's a long list. We only get 45 minutes. <laughs> but yeah, but this is going to be like the, the, the plot of Jane <laughs> and Silent Bob Straight Back. Hater of the Week goes to. Right, okay. But no, um, certain women. I've not seen 20th Century Women yet. Um, I've not seen it yet. I'll I'm, I'm more enticed by the idea of seeing that than I am of seeing this again. Uh. That's it. Really, I mean, it's nicely shot. There's some beautiful, beautiful compositions in it. Um But other than that, it really just feels like this flatline affair. You come away thinking, "I think I'm ready for lunch now." I'm not really muster up much thought on it. It's a very, it's kind of forgettable because. It's so uninterested in being anything of real note, and it has this feministic art house sensibility to it. But you can't understand what it's trying for, and I, if it's trying to be this femi- piece of feministic art, what, what what angle is it playing for here? Other than it stars women, I can't quite figure that one out. But mm. I mean, it passes the best doctor. that's not get it wrong, but yeah, still,
0: right. Any news, real quickly, before we uh, finish the top ten? I give you some news. Go on, hit me up. So you love the DC EC, EU or whatever
1: it is. the DC? You mean the Oscar-winning DC EU? Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, strike one for DC. Hmm. Take that, Marvel. <laughs> it's very true. You can keep your billions of dollars <laughs> and your almost universal critical love. yeah. <laughs> they got an Oscar for Harley <laughs> Quinn's hair.
1: Yeah,
0: but. that that is mad. When you, I mean, like. I know you weren't the biggest fan of the last Star Trek film, but it's it's, it's funny enough. It's pretty... No, great. No, I like the last Star Trek
1: film. I just didn't think it... It didn't blow me away like the first two did. But then yeah. again, I accept that I'm in the minority on the second one of those two movies, so... Yeah,
0: yeah. you're contrary and you. <laughs> uh, yeah, but some of the creature design is great on that. Oh, God, yeah. I, I like the, the, the crab leg head thing yeah. that opens. Yeah, that's quite cool. So, that's, yeah. Uh... Anyway, that's neither here nor there, because DC have announced it's going to be a Nightwing film. Oh, yes. However... It's coming from the director of the Lego Batman movie. Because do you think people uh, love that? Yeah. Do you think they're just hoping? Well, he seemed to get the fun. Maybe
1: if we give him another film, it's not. He'll it's get not even. Fun. It's
0: not even just for fun. That guy obviously loves the ethos and mm. the mythology. Of, like, yeah, there's a reverence to to Lego Batman. Yeah, definitely. there really is. Um, I'm I am on board for that. I like, am. Well. No, nope, we've obviously not had a Nightwing film before. There's. I think there's something to be said for that character. I think uh, Dark Knight Rises kind scene. of ended
1: with the setup for a Nightwing
0: movie, but there is. A people are saying, "Oh, it should be just Gordon Levitt." But um, do you know who I would love to see playing that role? Go on, Dev Patel. Dev Patel. Do you know what? I've Patel. heard that one, and I've heard uh, Zach Efron. Um, uh, I'd be cool. I'm, I'm a big fan of Zefron. Yeah, Zefron yeah, could Zefron yeah. could knock that
1: one out. Although yeah. I think I think he's he's found his footing as a comedic actor now. I think he should stick with that. For he's a got good timing.
0: He he has, yeah, I, I just feel like he needs a a better vehicle. He just needs a better film. Should, should we yeah. go real left field and suggest someone for Nightwing? Alright. Thomas Mann. <gasps> Oh, that'd be great. You, you want to see really, that now, don't I'd you? I'd be up for that. I, w- I was obviously <laughs> going to say Cabongera Wallace. <laughs> of course you were, of course you were. Because you know, we've got to break boundaries. These films have to break boundaries. Otherwise, they would be undeserving of the Oscars that they reap. I mean, if Cabo- if Cabongera if, yeah. if Wallace isn't going to break that glossy, then who will? That's exactly.
1: <laughs> On which note, let's finish the top ten this week. Number five. Hidden Figures. It's a help in space. It's great. It's it's likable. It's unthreatening. It's fun, enjoyable, it's got a point to it all, there's a poignancy. I liked how the performances are top notch. What's really to dislike in this one? I can't think of anything.
0: Mahershaw he should've been
1: on screen for longer. Can't disagree. Yeah. Number four.
2: I'm thinking I'm back.
1: John Wick, Chapter DOS. Chapter DOS. Are you saying this because of the X-Men thing with the where it airs at ten twenty three? oh it's Wolverine uh, that's
0: Logan Logan. yeah Logan yeah Logan uh, premiered last night in UK cinemas at 10.23 which is of course X the Roman numeral is X and it took me a good five minutes to be like that's an odd time and then I was like wait a minute wait wait a minute (laughs) hang on do you know what X-23 is? I know who
1: uh, X-Men uh, uh, oh. of, of course I do. Okay, just ask him. I've, I've, I've read a comic before. Yeah, that's that's why I was asking, because you were fixing it on the X-Men, but I didn't know if it was X-Men. Okay, never mind, never mind. Okay, John Wick Chapter 2. Uh, have you had the pleasure of this one yet? Did you do this one last weekend? Uh, no, I have a full-time job. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Okay, now, I really like John Wick 2. I don't think it's as mind-blowing as the first one is, but that's a hard nut to crack anyway. Mm. It is, however, really, really enjoyable. Uh, John Coulson saw it this past week, uh, told me he didn't like that the final half hour just seemed to be set up for a third movie. To be fair, that is the case. Most of uh, Lawrence Fishburne's time on screen is entirely set up for a you know trilogy closer. But the action that's there is top notch, and it's top notch in that way that you came to love the first one for being. I don't think this quite has the anarchic ferocity that made John Wick so so much of a left field bullet ballet. Um, but this does deliver on what it promises. It promises more, but bigger. And it gives you that. And it promises more, but deeper. And it gives you that. And you think, okay, I can't really fault it for making good on its word, but I can pick fault just slightly with it just not being as great as the first one. Number three. thing. you wait for that Ed Sheeran thing every week, aren't you? Admit it.
0: No, I was trying to come up with a pun. And I decided <laughs> not to. I bailed. I bailed. Well... You know what? There's nothing
1: particularly imaginative in the puns in the film itself. It's very standard to the to the to the template of here's some celebrity voices, here's talking animals, here's an X factor plot, here's some jokes, songs, you know, the end. Now go home.
0: I came up with a big list of movie based. Uh, chocolate and brownie puns earlier. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, I told them to uh, some people at the college. They all thought they were great. Uh, if you like, <laughs> I can go over them in, in the podcast section. I think you should. I think we'll say that. I, I, I will give you one now. Go on. An American werewaffle in London. Excellent. Love it. Sold. Moving on. <laughs> Are you trying to open a brownie house? Is that what this is? What I was saying. Cinematic what, brownie when, house. Yeah. When when I'm like a 60 year old man, mm. like after I've like hopefully retired from teaching and stuff, that's what I want to do. I want to open up some kind of cool cafe. Oh, you could have a cocktail called the Booze Brothers. You <gasps> should, you get in on this. We should get in on this. <laughs> in on this.
1: <laughs> but yeah, sing. There you go. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> had you forgotten about that? I had. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty <laughs> Shades Darker, ladies <laughs> gentlemen.
0: I mean, don't get me wrong, I promise you, you've got that's, more... That's the funniest thing in yeah, the whole You've film.
1: got more amusement out of that button than you will have any interest in the film. I mean, the film is funny for all the wrong reasons. It just
0: completely caught me off guard. That's why.
1: Uh, I mean, the film's Batman and Robin bad. It is just... Mm. It's panto bad. It makes the Twilight series look genuinely investable. I mean, at least the leads of that series wanted to be there. These guys do not seem bothered. Uh, it's, to say it's badly written is kind of an insult to the idea of the very concept of screenwriting um in fact do you know what if you told me this was fanfic that had then just been adapted for the screen i'd believe you and weirdly if you trace it back that's what it is so i shouldn't be too surprised with the results yet somehow i it's so bad that i kind of am number 1 <laughs> yeah,
0: I Kind of hard to be, isn't it? It's
1: pretty great. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's so. As, funny. as I was saying earlier,
0: uh, the guy that that directed it, uh, Chris McKay, he's just got a real love for the character. He does, and but, ev- I, I love that everything is in continuity that's it he loves it's he incredible. loves the material That's like, all fun. the same
1: character that's it his love seems to come with a willingness to poke fun at it though he accepts the stuff in there that's just so ridiculous and they run with it and they they have a lot of fun with it things like bat shark repellent and some of the goofier villains in uh, 60s batman lore and there's a lot of fun to be had will arnett is clearly up to the comedic task you've got a great supporting cast in there with zach galifianakis michael Sarah, even mariah carey puts in a cameo and it's actually not bad that's it I came yeah. away really really loving it and I want more of this I know there's a Lego franchise to come but I'd actually be up for a Lego Batman 2 or Lego Batman Returns come on of course come of course on. I need to Lego happen. Batman Returns with a lot of Tim Burton gags frankly in this needs to happen this, this clearly clearly needs to happen
0: with the latest film news and reviews this is Offscreen the onscreen
1: radio show and we're back and dancing. Will you just broken today, haven't you, Case? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, okay. So I'll tell you what, we've got we've got five minutes. Do you want to give me some uh, some film news real quick? Before we do before we do the Viceroy's house.
0: Yeah, i I'll give you some that's not really news and I've literally just seen it and it's just it's made me laugh a lot. Okay, go on, what you got? So um a cinema in London played one of the best tricks I've ever seen. <gasps> I heard go on, go carry on. So <laughs> I mean as soon as I say it, you'll be able to tell what it yeah. is. Um So people uh, bought tickets uh, for that particular uh, cinema to go watch uh, uh, Moonlight, (laughs) and they were pranked by seeing the first 30 seconds of La La (laughs) Land, which is just
1: hats off to them hats off to them because that is a good one genius yeah you know what I I feel like that kind of needs to be done as well this is the thing as long as we are prepared to make light of this in the right way as long as we're prepared to kind of be playful
0: about it then I think it's all going to be okay absolutely and uh, Barry Jenkins and Damon Chazelle I mean if the cover on Variety is to believe those guys are just good friends I think they're good I I, I, I think they're really just fine with it all they both took home a lot of gold Exactly, like, as as I said previously, my three films that I have enjoyed the most this entire season all got Deservedly rewarded do, so. do you feel like though You know if you were Barry Jenkins You couldn't really be
1: That annoyed at Damien Shelley be like You know what You made Whiplash man You, you go You go yeah, man It's fine You, you, had, you, had some, <laughs> you, you should rushed, have had it For that You rushed a Dragon Man <laughs> you know? That's what they should have done They should have gone up
0: on stage Have you, and, have you seen the Jim paint It picture Where Spider-Man Is playing drums And uh, J.K. Simmons In J. Jonah Jameson yes. Is shouting at I Spider-Man did. I love drums. that one You can buy so some of those On
1: like t-shirts as well I, as I'm
0: those. going to buy that On a t-shirt I would be tempted To buy the Bill Power. Hacks and one actually yeah but so be, i would yeah that'd be good i would I'm do that. one and a half
1: but uh, okay final final review for, them for radio this week which is uh viceroy's house which is the latest from gorinda charda the director of uh bend it like beckham oh um, no i i yeah. like that film That's she good. also directed and i didn't realize this she also directed angus thongs and perfect snogging remember that i do remember. yeah that, that was actually, I, I don't know why i've seen that movie so many times i just have can't explain it but i have Is it just, does it speak to your lifestyle? I think, I think it's because I have a huge thing for Karen Taylor, but. Yeah, you know, she plays the mum. But, uh, right. yeah. Anyway, so Viceroy's House, which takes place in 1947 and deals with the partition, the partition of India into what will become India and Pakistan. And, uh, basically, this is the appointment of Lord Mountbat- Mountbatten as the last and the final Viceroy of India. And, uh, well, this is the thing, because there's a certain history you may know to this story. Do you know much of the, the partition story? I know
0: very little. About you know him. very
1: little, okay. I'll try not to spoil them Almost for them. nothing. I'll try not to spoil it for you, though. He is the final Viceroy. He knows he's going to be. He has to make all the plans that will see this country survive after the British Empire pulls out of India. And the idea is you have warring factions who want, to, who want to dispute over border arrangements, dispute over religious segregation and things like that. And, of course, it all comes to a head with a romantic plot going on in the background whereby one of the workers of the Viceroy's house, because the entire movie is set within the sort of estate palatial house and the small workers residence residential commune which is nearby um one of the uh, the workers has a love story going on with uh, a, a girl who also happens to work in the palace he's played by manish dial from uh, the hundred foot journey remember that? yep uh, weirdly as well his father in that movie is the father of his love interest in this one so Ompori appears in this movie oh i know and i mm. just made peace with his passing, and now I'm being reminded that he's he's gone. But, OK, we have a clip, and this is this is going to set the tone nicely for what you're about to experience in Viceroy's House.
2: Here are the riders. I have a feeling, Pammy, that that might be the only hour of the day I ever get to spend with you. Each day is so crammed. Two poached eggs, tomatoes, sausages, tea. Lots to do. Darling, did you know that 92% of the population is illiterate? Good morning. And that one in five babies dies before they're four months old? Edwina, I could not be blessed with a more active, able wife, but sometimes we have to accept what we cannot change. But we can change a lot, Dickie. We really can, and we absolutely have to. In India's problems are not just political, they are social and economic. Almost half the babies born here die before they're five. That cannot be the legacy. The British leave India after
1: three centuries. We have enough time to improve the infrastructure so that when we that leave... That is not why we're here. Yes. You'll wear yourself out.
0: I mean, I'll wear you out.
1: I do say, Monty, that one in four infant mortality rate is just ghastly. But I do declare, I heard this whimsical gag the other day about uh, about the rain over in Spain. And, and particularly its, its direction of falling, perhaps where it lay. Alright oh, then, Class Warrior, why didn't you like it? Why didn't I like it? Okay, so on the one hand, it's, uh, upstairs, downstairs, set in the partition, it's set during the partition. On the other hand, it's let, let's cash in on Downton. On the other hand, it's let's do Downton does best exotic. And then in the meanwhile, there's this, this romantic drama, which seems to play like it's the love story from Pearl Harbor. You've got weird moments of borderline surrealistic class comedy. And then this is all set, in front of an actually terrifyingly grim and dark political story, which, at times, they actually start to tell in a dark and gritty way, and you find yourself thinking, God, I wish I'd seen that movie. That would have been great. Like, even the mystifying casting of Hugh Bonneville as Lord Mountbatten. Because if you've ever seen an image of Lord Mountbatten, the last person in the you'd cast Hugh Laurie. Like, I could see Hugh Laurie doing it. Because you know, there's something kind of macho
0: about Hugh Laurie. Hugh Bonneville. Why, why can't you see Hugh Bonneville? Because he's Hugh Bonneville. I would say for Hugh Bonneville and Hugh Laurie. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, in the battle of the Hughes. Uh... <laughs> In the Great Hugh War of 2018, yeah. I, predict, I predict Laurie will beat. Well, then Hugh Edwards from BBC News will just run up and...
1: Really? Because I think Hugh Grant's going to be sat in the background laughing his ass off of this whole thing. No, but... Hugh, Hugh
0: Grant is far too British and amiable to fight.
1: <laughs> Sorry, chaps mustn't intervene. He's um, just no. so charmingly affable. Exactly. Um... Yeah the stuff, there are moments in it that you think okay, cool. Uh, the problem is it never quite comes together in a way that anyone anyone really wants it to and the problem is that every one of those aspects that, that, that's got in there seems to work against each other. So you have Hugh Bonneville who is playing the Downton card. You have uh, Manish Dial who is playing the I'm in the doomed love story element and every performer seems to be playing a different film. Michael Gambon turns up and he's playing the I'm doing the gritty and dark down beat historical story and you think i want to see gambon's movie that sounds awesome the problem is nothing about this film is awesome at all and then you get to the end of it and it comes up with the 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 title card where it says you know this is what happened and and there's a a personal story that relates to the grandmother of gorinda chada and you think okay i get that that's probably what drew you to it and you know that's a very touching story and i can tell i can see from the film that you clearly care but the problem is the film's a mess, and maybe you should have taken a little bit more care with it. But you know, I mean, it's neither here nor there because I think we obviously know that it's film of the week. I mean,
0: I mean, obviously, yeah, it's obviously actually isn't isn't going to be film? Yeah, 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 it's the week. Of the yeah.
1: okay, we, we, we're screwing with you. It, it, it's Logan. Logan is the film of the week. So you know, let's 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 just quell that one. Right golf, claps. Golf, golf claps, golf claps all of them <laughs> Sorry, the winner is is really uh, Logan. Um, so next week we've got some interesting stuff. But, oh yeah, uh, Some stuff you're actually going to be looking forward to cause...
0: I look forward to m- most things I live quite an optimistic life Do you really? I mean, I don't look like it I look <laughs> like I'm dead behind the eyes <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's most of us
0: But also, don't you work in education? Then? That's, okay. Yeah, that's why <clears throat> But next week, Elle is upon us
1: Paul, of Verhoeven, course, Paul Verhoeven With Best Actress nominee <laughs> Isabel, Isabel Lupe? Lupe? Uh We also have uh, your lady, Ms. Larson, returning Oh yeah? Yeah, she's, yeah. uh, she's going to deal with some Kong <laughs> Just gonna deal with some, deal Kong. With some Kong. Just yeah? gonna get it on Donkey Kong. <laughs> on like Donkey Kong. Uh, we also have the time of our lives. We have <laughs> dancer. We have uh, the love witch. We have cat fights, and of course, the movie we've all been chomping at the bit to see: Pierce Brosnan's computer-based uh, domestic thriller. It. I forgot
0: all about that. I, I'm reliably told it's awful. I can't wait. I generally, for a second, thought that was a dream I had once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's it's next week, so oh, can't yeah, wait. We got that to look forward to. So. So we've got all those to, to come and more next week off-screen. Uh, in the meanwhile, this has been the County Store for On Screen. I've been Van Connor. I have been La La Land. And we'll be back next week.
0: Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way.
1: You've been listening to Off Screen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Okay, cut. That's
0: Podcast extras then, Mr.
1: Gunner. So, hmm. should we should we start with the inevitable Oscar chat? Because we gonna we have to have
0: it, obviously. I don't know. I was going to start with my list of uh, chocolate based movie puns. Oh, oh no no. you're know, Let's let's, let's start is with something sweet. Way more important. Let's let's do that. Okay. So if you're not aware, you are aware because we are friends in real life as well. <laughs> we we do nothings about each other. This is not just all an act. Exactly. But... Yeah. <laughs> as soon as we finish, I just I take off headphones and I silently exit the house. <laughs> <laughs> Every time the show ends, it's like your foot touched my chair again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Throws coffee over my face See that it doesn't happen again <laughs> <laughs> Anyway Yeah As you are aware uh, I am an avid baker I baked I, I, yeah, I have had some of your baked goods. Absolutely. Um, and today, whilst I was at work, I I had made some brownies and I took them for for the for the guys at uh, at work. We all enjoyed them very much. Excellent. But then I told them that I've got a list of like movie based chocolate brownie puns. Fair enough. That I decided to come up with one day when I was mega bored.
1: Understandable. I wanted mean, yeah. to
0: make myself laugh. Uh, and at some point, I will. If you can make amuse yourself, into a book. that's usually a start. Yeah, you don't need anyone else, do you? Exactly. <laughs> so um his is here's, here's a few of my favorites from the list. Um, Go for it. Okay. This uh, is
1: actually a written list on his phone. We should point yeah. this out.
0: This is an a- this list
1: actually exists on his iPhone. This is an actual organized list. Please, I'm sorry, take
0: it away. Oh, okay. <laughs> so bake it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, first one. Dial M and M for murder. Excellent. The Last Action Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh Dairy Poppins. Oh. Uh, Fudge Dread. Ooh, I like that one. Thank you very that much. It's good, yeah. Uh Mutiny on the Bounty kind of writes itself. <laughs> uh Twenty Eight <at> Days Latte. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this one I especially like. Go on. Lord of the Party Rings. Oh man. <laughs> uh, Bla- uh Black Black Gump. Fair enough. Uh Children of can, the, can I just point out, go on. isn't Black Forest Gump Bubba? <laughs> <laughs> that is, Zing. That's Black Forest Gump, Is Bubba, Jim. isn't it? Uh, children of the Corn Flakes. Excellent. Uh, Slumdog Millionaire Shortbread. Excellent. Uh, uh, Raisin Arizona. Oh, that, uh, do you know I'd what? i really like that's, that one. that's your best one. That, you think that, that's the best one? That's the best one. Okay, what else we got? I, I like this one, but it's, it's, it's kind of hard to say. Um, Assault... On Precinct 13. Okay, so i like caramel yeah, kind of I'm thing. I'm that one, yeah. What else have we got? Uh, the Maltese Falcon. Excellent. Uh, the Matrix. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Rocky Road Balboa. Oh. And finally, a Chalkwork Orange. Okay, you know, I feel like that
1: last one was a bit of an obvious one, but...
0: But, of course, yeah. They,
1: they can't all be gems, so... They can't all... <laughs> what was... What, what, they, which? Sorry, which one they was can't all be ice jams. Sorry, what? there we go. <laughs> Which which was your favourite? Uh, I liked Raisin Arizona. That's that's, that's a good one. That's yeah. the best Raisin one. Arizona Raisin Arizona's terrific.
0: Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think you should you should take pride in that list. Oh, that's a good list. Thank you very much. Hopefully I'm gonna come up with recipes for all, release some kind of book but like I'm I'm to give to you as a really bad Christmas <laughs> present one year and I'll give it to my mum. Is give it like sec- that book you can have a book printed now of all your tweets? Yes. Which is
1: just the worst idea. Do you think
0: someone's going to do that for Trump?
1: Oh, someone's got to. Yeah. I feel like the day Trump leaves office, someone should give him the presidential book of tweets and a P forty five, or whatever the American equivalent of P forty five is. Or just just to hammer the point home, they should buy him a jar of snake oil, um, <laughs> so he may continue your your shtick elsewhere. Yeah. But uh, so, so speaking of uh, of uh, rich people then being cast into the limelight, we, we have to talk about the Oscars obviously
0: yeah so let's have our big detailed oscar chats
1: okay so we had 24 categories we don't need to go through all 24 no one needs to know who won best production design and uh, i'm gonna
0: tell you or best sound Mixing. la la land uh, but, sound, right, sound mixing is actually an interesting one is it uh sound mixing was won by oh, i've forgotten the dude's name right i'm, I'm gonna find it i can it. tell you were I'm impressed it. by it <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were so impressed shut up you <laughs>
0: Quiet use. Mm. Hang on. Give me a second. It's coming. It's coming. I, I feel
1: like I should pull up my Facebook uh, bet sheet. I feel for, like we uh, should uh, have...
0: Da, 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 da. <laughs> right, I'm here. Okay. Up. So sound mixing, yeah. and also film editing, but for this sound mixing, it was won by a guy called... Kevin O'Connell from yeah. film Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, I was going to say that. He won some weird ones, didn't it? Editing and sound mixing. But it is worth pointing out about Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. This was the 21st time Kevin O'Connell was nominated for an Oscar and his first win. Really? I feel
1: like, you know if you've been nominated for an Oscar 21 times? Yeah. Surely there's a point that you stop getting excited. Yeah, you just like... You know what I mean? Oh, this happened again. Like I know this Meryl. Thing. Meryl Streep's had what something like twelve nominations. She's had twenty. So twenty, but but then again,
0: she's won yeah. three. So like with, yeah. with this guy, he's just like it's That's never fair. gonna happen. He's mentally checked out. I'm trying to think who's been nominated for a lot of Oscars and won nothing. Bradley Cooper. He's been nominated for a few. And he's won been nothing. nominated for four. What about Peter O'Toole? nominated for eight and never won. Never won. He never well, there won. You go then. See, that comes a point though. He won the... an honorary, but but yeah. never, never won the actual
1: your prize so i mean though you know if you've been nominated 21 times at what point do you stop getting excited when it's the fourth when yeah. it's the eighth when it's, it, it's
0: the 10th maybe it's like the equivalent of just like finding a pound it's just like <laughs> oh ace and like you've got a really good you like your your next hour of your life is slightly better
1: i feel like he's a guy who every time he hears the phrase it's just nice to be nominated scoffs <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> 21 nominations can you
2: imagine
0: yeah Okay, let's uh, let's go through some of some of the uh, more interesting ones, anyway. Okay, what was um, that song, by the way? Was it La La Land? Uh, yeah, it was. It was uh, the expected one. It was uh, it was uh, City of Stars. Which is, which is what we use for the, the button. Da, 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 yeah, we da, use da, da, it for the top da, da, ten da, 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 button, da, da, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, which I feel like, yeah, it's definitely the most well-known out of all of them. I is think, it the best? I don't know, because music I, is a subjective thing. I bet that one. That was the one I actually got right. I think I stars. bet that one, actually. Um, like, yes, I, I did. I no, think I bet it on your recommendation,
1: but... Yeah,
0: I mean, it was the one with most kind of coverage. But then again, this was a year where, like, for the first time in years, the songs were really good. And yeah, I thought that actually, except as, for that. the Jim Foley cause... one, which was just like, what, why is it? You here? should watch that performance just to be like, what are you doing, Sting? Why is your foot on that weird also, box? What wh- are you doing? Wh- why is that nominated and Zootopia gets nothing? Like, really? Not just that, Sing Street. Y- well, yeah, that's that's obviously the big. Oh my big god! Yeah. Like that was the biggest omission for, for the song. Really, that was. That was it, but um, the morning song from Sausage Party. I mean, you know, some obvious, obvious I, candidates. Well, yeah. I, you know, Alan Menken's got enough. <laughs> <laughs> He's got enough Oscars. It's, it's all right, but we had um, uh, "Can't Stop the Feeling," which actually kicked, uh, kicked off the show. Yeah, no, really, didn't really, really well. Yeah, oh, good. It was, it was, a good, like, rousing start to the show, and everyone was, was kind of dancing. It was, that it felt was good like to this see. year's happy. It was, yeah, yeah. The, the it definitely sort of filled equivalent. like that kind of criteria. Yeah. Uh, the performance of uh, uh, "Of How Far I'll Go" from Moana was really strong. Did that have the cast of Hamilton? Is, it, is that, was that was that why the cast of Hamilton performs? I heard that somewhere. The cast of Hamilton did not perform, but Lin Manuel Miranda did like an opening prologue rap thing at the start of the song. Maybe that's why I'm getting these right. Yeah, okay. who, who is of course the creator? Yes, of Hamilton. Exactly. but um, wrote uh, he wrote eight songs, seven or eight songs for Moana, including wow. this one. Um, but that was a really strong performance. Apart from when. The lady who voices uh, Moana, she got hit in the back of the car- head by, uh, by, by a flag. Yeah, basically there's, there's like some flag wavers behind her, and one of them actually Well, you know, it's Trump's America, there's always flag wavers. <laughs> <laughs> what's <on> the flag? <laughs> <laughs> Confederate flag. Yeah, over. and uh, one of them accidentally hit her on the back of the head. It's Trump's America,
1: Trump's America. Just- Trump's yeah. America.
0: <laughs> um, I'll tell you what
1: did shock me, genuinely shocked me, um, was the, the best documentary category. Yeah, because- so this is an interesting one to talk mm-hmm. about. I thought... Uh, uh, Ava Devaney's 13th. 13th, is it? Yep. I thought Ava Devaney's 13th. I thought that was the shoe in That's the obvious political candidate to win uh, Best Documentary.
0: See, I don't think that was an obvious one, because you had a category where there was three of those. Well, the other thing
1: was as well, it was a Netflix film.
0: So Yeah, so... they had that working against it, because Netflix, historically, hasn't won an Oscar yet, but... Is no, it, uh, and again, I think this is an interesting point we should talk about now, so... Yeah. Right, the film that actually won was a film called O.J. Made, Made in, America, in America, which is <laughs> pretty crazy for two reasons. One, it it was a show. Well, this it is was, the thing. It was shown as a show, but it was also had a theatrical run, so it could be nominated for a film. And it's also now the longest Oscar winner at seven and a half hours as a result of it being originally a limited run TV show. Okay, I'll let you finish and then I have a question for you, but go on. Uh, yeah, so that that was the one that had won. Um, as you said, uh, 13th was a film um, by Netflix. By Netflix because they didn't press show it, and we were always very curious. about it was was Ava Devaney. Devaney so. Exactly, who is incredible. Yeah, really fantastic I mean, you'll filmmaker. get a bigger
1: name at the moment. She's yeah, huge Yeah, she, she is up there.
0: She is absolutely incredible. Uh, and I cannot wait for her next film, uh, A Winkle in Time. But oh, God, really you really was that the man. one with the Oprah's in that one? Oprah's um, in it, uh, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. It just, it's, it's going to be fantastic, Netflix. Um, yeah, so, is with Reese
1: Witherspoon in that as well I think that she is spoon Witherspoon Latter-Spoon.
0: Latter-Spoon. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon <laughs> Reese Witherspoon Reese Witherspoon yeah um, so Netflix uh, they uh, distributed that film so Netflix have had a pretty bad time when it comes to Oscar films really because last year it was, Amazon have Manchester by the Sea and so. this is my point Amazon have now become the first kind of streaming platform yeah. they've got Oscars to their name. Well,
2: you know what, as long great. as
0: one of them's doing it, that's great. Yeah. But right. tellingly, over the past couple of days, I don't know if you've noticed, Netflix have been releasing loads of trailers for yeah, films. I found for that For original films. As well. So they've just released um well o- Okja? Okja, Okja. Um Oakja Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Former director of uh, your favorite film, *Snowpiercer*. Snowpiercer which you mean is is that film? I adore one of my favorite films ever. But you still <laughs>
1: not got a UK release. It's, yeah. You can't even. I wouldn't mind if they would just shove it on DVD. That'd be incredible. Do you yeah. know what? Just shove good. it on, D- on, on DVD it on. in this country. That's fine as long as it's available in this country. It's
0: not. It's a great film. But, but sorry, um, they've, they've just released that. They released uh, the trailer for Bright, which I don't think will be an Oscar film, but it's quite a hevi- no. heavy name. And also, hey, um, hey, 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 come on, let's let's war, not be, let's war not Machine. be cruel. War Machine
1: as well. I mean, let's not forget Rocket. that a Will Smith movie has won an Oscar this
0: year. Okay, <laughs> let's let's let cool our jets there. Let's not let's not smack talk Will. Well, you know, they need to do something to keep Jada Pinkett Smith happy for a year the Oscars. Because <laughs> she's... Oh. It's true, isn't it? A year after hashtag Oscar so white, suicide's Because quite- I didn't realise racism existed before she made that Facebook Live post. I had no idea. I was living in a world of blissful f- ignorance. <laughs> what's, what, what's this word? Rackism? What's rackism? Why does Will Smith yeah. and his wife keep talking about rackism? Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy she she brought that to us.
1: Yeah, yeah, none of us knew what racism was before the Pinkits <laughs> and the Smiths. So, <laughs> aren't we glad we have the fresh prince and his missus in the world? The fresh <laughs> prince and princess to tell us all what rackism is. <laughs> but uh, Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But, anyway. yeah, so this is the thing with the OJ. This is what I want to ask you. So, Go. I saw OJ Made in America when it first aired. Um, I watched it on ESPN's site because it's part of the Thirty for Thirty series. But they did a one-week-long series where each episode was played per night. It was five nights long, and each episode was two hours. Yeah, right. It's pretty intense. That's ten hours. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, the documentary is so good that it managed to sustain ten hours. Mm. So, well, this this, this, this
0: version is is only seven and a half. Well, this even is what so. is am asking?
1: So. There's a theatrical edit now, which I think is in the three to three and a half hour region, isn't it? And then there's another version that's going on British TV, which is two parts, two long parts. So there's three edits of this thing.
0: Yeah, because this is a seven and a half theatrical version, because it was in cinemas. Because that's the Mm. only way that, obviously, it can qualify as a theatrical run, is being in a cinema. For public uh, consumption. (laughs) Some smart-ass at Netflix figure that Amazon figured that one (laughs) out.
1: Yeah, uh, Netflix and out. Yeah, let's put this Casey Affleck thing in the cinema, and maybe people will like it. (laughs) (laughs) People may enjoy this film. My mum watched Manchester by the Sea, by the way, based on our recommendation. Yeah, my my wife watched it a couple of days ago. Did your wife enjoy it? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like your mum did not. No, my mum very much did not. Her response was... uh, it was it was good acting, but it was really boring. I'm like, it was good acting. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. He, uh, he, he does, does he does acting good. He does acting good. To the extent that he now has a statue that says on the bottom, Casey Affleck,
0: for acting good. If I ever won an Oscar, I would want that to be the inscription on the bo- <laughs> for acting good. He does acting good. <laughs> He does but, acting acting better than some people, according to some other people. True. So, uh, best supporting actor and actress, then. Who do we have? Okay, uh, best supporting actress, which we've said previously, was pretty much... This was, like, the lock. That what was Viola Davis, This was Viola Davis, Davis for Fences. Which and, is it's, terrific. and it's great. I mean, as far as snot acting goes... Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. I she mean, yeah, she's she brilliant. At least yeah. she
1: didn't get nominated for Suicide Squad. I mean, you know, you've got to think of it <laughs> that way. <one. laughs> Because <laughs> we could have had two Suicide Squad wins this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a real kind of like Sandra Bullock blindside all about Steve, Oscars and Razzies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Mirror. So, who got Best Supporting Actor was Mahershala Ali. Mahershala right? Ali with, I mean, honestly, one of my favourite Oscar speeches ever. It's awesome. just like, to the point it was succinct, it was it I was didn't realise
1: until every newspaper ran the headline the following day, a Muslim to win an Academy Award for yeah. for, 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 for
0: acting. Yes, in- indeed is... it is. Indeed, wow. it's, which is incredible. Yeah, yeah. The best foreign language film that, that was predictable. That, that is that is also his uh, a shortened name as well. What, Mershler.
1: Yeah, I Mahershala, do know that because yeah. when he used to star in the Forty Four Hundred, he had it, before he had his full name on the opening credits, and because it was only on screen for about three seconds, he had to
0: try and learn to pronounce it in three seconds every week. No one ever managed no it. No one ever managed it. But uh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel received some flack online. And uh, this really annoyed me for just making, like, a throwaway gag about his name. Basically, Mahesh Ali had a, had a kid, uh, yeah. like, like six days ago. did he? Yeah, he did, which G- which is timing. Great week good for him, isn't good it? Good week. Incredible. And uh, Jimmy Kimmel said, what are you thinking for a name? Something a little simpler. Just as, like, a throwaway <laughs> gag. And then someone online was just like, why is he bringing issue about is about of his name? Is just... A... Yeah, just... But, <laughs> but, yeah. but, like, Mahesh Ali was just like, <laughs> just... Yeah. It's a, it's who a is, gag. It's a who was the crazy guy that they they let some guy meet meet oh, something? This was, some, this yeah, was this, great. What what was this? Again, this was a gag that some people thought was a bit I, I I kind of enjoyed it. So basically in a very Jimmy Kimmel live yeah kind of style stunt. They'd arranged for do you know there was like open tour bus... Mm. Like, Hollywood, yeah, yeah, to the yeah. star kind of tours. Yeah, exactly. They'd arranged one of those to go to the Oscars, <laughs> like, <laughs> mid-telecast. But they didn't tell any of the participants, We didn't tell any of the regular folk on there that they were going to be going to the actual Academy Awards. That's fair enough, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which can, is I, can, I just, can I just just point out, just for posterity's sake, yeah.
1: that Billy Boyd and Dominic Moynihan got turned away from the Oscars in 2004.
0: Yeah. These no-namers, these nobodies, these everyday people have literally been invited... <laughs> So, Which is insane. We're gonna talk about um we were talking about documentary. We are now moving on to foreign sporting language. actors uh, yeah. now it's foreign language. Yeah. yeah. So sporting actor of early Davis Miller very well deserved, yep. amazing, incredible. And foreign language film to the salesman. Went to right. the guy who was tipped to win,
1: wasn't allowed briefly to enter the country, was staying away as a form of protest, and then brilliantly, and I'm sorry, but nobody's ever coming up with a better riff than this send an astronaut yeah, yeah. i would that, yeah i mean definitely if, fine mate it was an astronaut like it's not, i'm not gonna go to this thing do you want to uh, just go if you just t- take a medal or a medal and a helmet come on and pop down and
0: yeah um, and, it, and it was it was an incredible speech um, it was yeah i mean it's pretty apparent what the speech entailed and, what, <laughs> yes. and who, who exactly it was about and who it was addressing very true yeah um I've not seen *Salesman* yet. Um, no, I haven't was, either. It again, was... this this was a year where it was pretty much down to like sort of like a two horse race for a lot of categories. So it's been this and Tony Erdman. And I feel like if that ban hadn't have been inflicted on everyone, I feel like Tony Erdman would have won.
1: Mm, I just say I've not seen *The Salesman*. Did yeah. you hear about the big screening? The big screen the day before, uh, a free screening of yeah. *The Salesman* in the middle of Central London. Yeah. And you and just go and watch it on this big massive screen.
0: Dominic West was there, Kieran Knightley yeah, was there. It's pretty great. That was really impressive. Yeah, and absolutely. yeah, obviously there is a demand and for all this. All film. of the filmmakers of uh, all of the all five of the foreign language films, they had mm. all released a joint statement. Excellent. Like about the ban, which is like, that, that never happens. No. That's, that's incredible. That's the weird thing this year, and
1: you noticed it with the La La Land and Moonlight Best Picture debacle, and you noticed it with the, the foreign language thing. There is a sense of unity amongst the film world this last month that I genuinely cannot remember having ever seen before. The film world wasn't disunited during the Bush administration's predominant time of the War on Terror. Mm. I mean, when there was when there were a lot of outspoken. No. Uh, this was you know, this actors. was the
0: most liberal.
1: Yeah. Display. Oh of, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, <clears throat> the
0: fact that it's gone very international this year is really yeah. impressive. Uh, Nick Wall said something about it in his in his monologue for uh, the Independent Spirit Awards, oh, okay. and he said that if this room was any more left leaning, would be in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. He definitely wasn't wrong. Uh, so, go on. Uh, best actor and actress, then. We've got to talk about these. Okay, so uh, actress uh, went to Emma Stone, which I think is deserved compared to the other, the other four. You think over the other four? Hmm. Have you seen Jackie? Yes. Okay. Well, that, that's fair. Okay. If you, I didn't need to see it, but okay. I have seen it. Don't do the thing that I do when I disagree and I just say, okay, like Larry <laughs> <Lively> David. Okay. <laughs> pretty, pretty nice. <laughs> Right, um, because I I took on bridge with what someone said the other day. Somebody compared it to when Jennifer Lawrence won an Oscar for Silver Linings Playbook. Very different performances and awarded for very different reasons. I feel because of the nature of La La Land, I feel like it has got this unnecessary backlash against it. And the fact that it is, it's a frothy musical kind of thing. I feel like. It's it's when people say, "Oh, that person's doing comedy and they're making them laugh, they're going to win." It's 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 not. Sometimes it is harder to do a musical and hey, to hey, do hey, songs. And... You
2: are
1: you are telling this to the guy that really wanted yeah. Robert Downey Jr. to win that Oscar for Tropic Thunder.
0: Yeah, that's true. But you also want to Robert f- Downey Jr.
1: I'm not going to deny that. I'm really not.
0: Exactly. So, no, I I don't. I, just I don't, I do, I don't respect. Think, man, I don't think that it's a performance that she. Just kind of waltzed away with. Look, as look, people have been saying, head is a mark of respect. Okay, can we just, just acknowledge <laughs> that? <laughs> yeah, we can. No, I think I think that it was it was it was a very deserved performance. Absolutely. Yeah, but uh, more, more so deserving than Meryl Streep and Florence Foster Jenkins. Yeah, but I'll go with that. I don't think in a million years that should win. I don't. I've not seen L. Yeah, L is I the only one, that I can't really Elle. say to, So I can't really comment on that. But I mean, over everything, my favorite, well, my two favorite female performances weren't nominated.
1: Well, yeah, I maybe. think I think you can guess at one of them. Were they
0: both Amy Adams performances? <laughs> well, one of them was Amy Adams. Okay, who's the other one? Um, it was uh, uh it was Molly Shannon for a film called Other Ooh, People. Yes, that's on Netflix, isn't it? And you should watch it. It's it's I should. I mean, I, I would say that like that would go for best supporting if yeah, anything. I'm but Jesse Plemons one. Meth Damon, yes. Yeah, Meth Damon, Jesse Plemons, yeah, and uh, Bradley Whitford. Ah, oh well, no, no, you should just you should have led with that. Just it's got Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford, yeah, it's it's got Josh Lyman. <laughs> I'd, have
1: been, I'd have been literally, i been, boot, I'd be booting up Netflix on my phone as we speak. But uh, <clears throat> no, I say I do think it's a shame Amy Adams didn't get a nod for uh, a rival. She, I mean, she, she she's the new Leo, isn't she? Which she sucks. really is. She's did you see? She deserves better. There was an image of of DiCaprio. Presenting an Oscar, and behind him was uh, a backplate, and it was loads of like semi-faded images of Oscars. Someone put the caption: Leonardo DiCaprio stood in front of the ghosts of all the Oscars he never won.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which was just, genius. that was just brilliant. That is incredible. But of course, Casey Affleck won best. Yes, actor. Casey Affleck won uh, best actor. Yeah, so it, again, two horse race. It was him or Denzel. That Denzel was, it, was really? obviously. Not best pleased <laughs> <laughs> I would be lost. Um and Casey like, Affleck um actually thanked him in his speech and said that he was one of his inspirations and Denzel Washington was sort of like just just faced just looking at him. Casey Affleck and- like, manages an impossible feat
1: in that he somehow has managed to, uh, to 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 really hone and and get precise the craft of managing to wear a tuxedo and yet simultaneously look like you've just
0: fallen out of bed. I've never known another actor manage it the way he does. Yeah, it's luck he's currently pulling off because he's he's it's for a it's for a film it's for a role. He said. You you, you kind of hope. Oh, that was just lazy. But yeah, it's yeah, nothing wrong with beards. Something <laughs> wrong with man buns. But nothing wrong with beards.
1: <laughs> I don't do combs. I'm a best actor winner now.
0: But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. I kind of don't even want to talk about the controversy. Oh
1: no, no, we're not. Just, well, that's not about really, it we?
0: because we need to have that segregation between personal life and professional well, life exactly. and obviously not really. Those, those allegations are pretty horrendous but not relevant it, to the film though they're, in not any re- way. they're not relevant to the film and also sometimes it can just become overactive hyperbole online mm. sometimes somebody can see something and think i need to rant about it i need to tell everyone my opinion right now genuine and question gen- generally no one knows no one knows apart from the people who are involved so that's Unfortunately, that's how it has to be. Gen- genuine question, then, relating to Manchester by the Sea. Yeah. <clears throat> Did
1: you expect, on any level, that Michelle Williams might get best sporting actress? No.
0: Did you not think at any point? I really thought... I thought I thought, I thought if Viola Davis wasn't in fences, yeah. But <laughs> Viola Davis happened, so That's no. the thing. I, I, no, I, no. I, I
1: betted on, on good old-fashioned you know, academy rackism. So I, I thought... There's a chance, Michelle. I, I bet on Viola Davis. Cause I thought that's the smart choice, but there's just a part of me that just thought I could really see Michelle Williams taking this.
0: But I think I think she was deserved of it. Mm. I think Nicole Kidman is. Yeah, I gotta go. With I that. think that's. Oh. It, 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 it was. Really it, it was one of be. those years where I just feel like it, all the nominations <laughs> were really strong. <laughs> they were. They really were. But uh- so you're happy with Best Picture winning? You're happy that Moonlight won it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm that, really it. happy. I I would have been happy for either of those three. Like I've said, I'm especially happy for Moonlight right. just because it was, yeah. So that's you've great. presumably
1: seen the picture then of the front few rows of the audience as the mix-up was happening. Yeah. And which which might be one of my, that, that's, that's overtaken the Oscar selfie for me as the definitive image of the Oscars. Yeah. And the thing I love more than anything is... It's wonderful. It's now documented for all of time that Busy Phillips was sat on the front row of the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they're friends in I real life. Because well. it's, uh... well, it's, it's, it's... it's all to do with Dawson's Creek, isn't it? But Because uh, that, that's where they're friends from. They go back to yeah, yeah. Dawson's Creek together. They've, but, they've got uh, form. They've also got like a third, a, a third BFF in the form of Elizabeth Banks, it seems as well, if you believe Instagram. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh, the face that I absolutely loved in that photo belongs to the one and only Mr Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yes.
0: Whose face in that moment I, I, I can't even describe it with mere words.
1: No, like, I mean everyone everyone's putting the picture of uh, Ryan Gosling's reaction around and that's great and everything but it ain't no it ain't no DJ. It ain't at all and and Dwayne Johnson's response is hilarious. Did you see his wonderful blue velvet uh, blazer by the way?
0: Yeah, and I have to say I feel like blue was the color Oh, shit. yeah. But there was so many, like, wonderful blue definitely was blue the suits. warmest colour. It wasn't it? Uh, Batfleck was rocking a blue suit. <laughs> was he? Um, Damon Chazelle had blue. He just looked just bored really on really that great front row, not he? Who? Ben Affleck.
1: On the front row, he just kind of looks bored. Yeah. Why also, why is he three yeah. times the size of everyone else there?
0: Because Batman. Yeah, because he's Batman. He put on yeah. so much muscle to bat- I, I, I don't think you realise it's just... <laughs> not until you see him next to actual humans? You think- it's, it's like he, wow. he just ate Christian Bale, so you forget that he was also Batman. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so, says, so yeah, I, says, I was, you Chris? I was, I was, I was, was happy as Christians. Um, you've, you've not seen the, the full show, but no, I just, no. just want to say, I think Jimmy Kimmel was good. Yeah, well, good. And for the first time in a long time, I want him to come back. Like Really? This is a host that I would want to kind of do a Billy Crystal and be back for, like, two or three times. I really, really want to see John Walter do it. Uh, Obviously, he was of he goals. was up towards... I think the top of my list was him, Louis C.K., Kim Peel. I want I want Kate McKinnon at some point. That would be great. Kate okay, McKinnon would be good. Kate McKinnon would be amazing. After seeing the Independent Spirit Awards, Nick Cole and John Mulaney now, <laughs> and I feel like there's loads of fantastic people, but I'd, I'd be happy for him to do it for a couple of years. Can I talk about the student really, really quickly? <clears throat> so... Uh, do you know what, Van? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Really, really right. quickly, because because I'll forget. I've forgotten a lot about the film, so I'm just going to go into it really quick. It's a Russian film, and uh, so you'd expect something quite somber and serious. It's actually a very strangely progressive film, and actually, I think you would really enjoy this. So it was about a young boy in a, in a in a high school who one day decides he's going to really, really you know specifically follow the tenets of religion he's now found his faith as it were and he is going to practice the doctrine to the letter regardless of of the consequences mm. what he starts is uh, it, is this sort of this this movement through the school where his actions have like a ripple effect so you've got one teacher who has a crisis of her own philosophical faith as a result of this you've got other teachers who fall in line and start sort of worshiping him and following him and students who become like acolytes and even would-be love interests even though he has no interest in it it's a fascinating film it goes on a bit, I've got, to, I've got to be honest. It does go on a bit, and it is a very sombre film. But it's got this performance at the centre. I'm trying to pull up IMDb, but it's not coming. Um, it's got this performance at the centre that I think is absolutely just piercing and almost Dane DeHaan-like in its way. It has this... You know that that creepy factor that Dane DeHaan works so well in Chronicle? Yeah. Which we all seem to forget now is like the first time any of us remembered who he was.
0: That's you know? a good point, yeah. It was sort of the first Chronicle time. Chronicle was
1: like six years ago, and it's amazing how quickly he's uh he's come about in that time but uh anyway so no really really interesting film um say so goes on a little bit the main cast member is oh man it's gone no can't find it on the uh, on the idb so page gone. there's no pictures but uh, no really interesting uh cyril sarabranikov is your writer director here and it has an atmosphere. It has a very sinister tone. You do feel like things are about to jump off at any minute. That it's going to go in in a, in a very loud and and you know a very loud and destructive direction. It does, but it doesn't do it in in a sort of outward physical way. It's a very introverted film. Fascinating. You you of all people, you would really love this.
2: But
0: it uh, sounds all right. Yeah, it's a. What, what what do you mean, me of all people? Because you like a good sinister atmosphere, you'd really enjoy it. I do. I feel like yeah. I can't uh, well, perpetrate it. Well, that's sometimes. why
1: you'd like Careful Wellness. You'd really get into that town. I saw it's someone like in a bath of
0: snakes or eels. Or
1: oh, that's like a marketing image that they have. It's just like for five seconds in the film. Uh, yeah. Eels. I'm not scared of snakes eels. Or eels are a predominant thing throughout Careful Wellness. There's a lot of eels in it. A lot of eels. A Lot of eels. Hit, hit you right, in the, right in the eels. It does for eels what big ass spider did for arachnids. <laughs> <laughs> Which is make an arse out of Eric Weiss. Oh, <laughs>
0: uh, well, that was that was a thing. That was a thing, yes. Should we, should we have some news? Yeah, yeah, give me some news, go give on. Some news. I don't think we spoke about this last week, but it's interesting to talk about. So, um, uh, two. did we talk about Step Brothers 2 and Hellboy 3 not being a thing no longer? I think we talked about Hellboy 3. Well, Step Rivers 2... You Some know. people wanted that to happen. That is not going to happen at all. Oh, no. I can honestly say I've never been kept awake at night
1: with the desire to see a Step Brothers two. It's,
0: it's not something. No, no, have I really? Um, I've I just wanted to see those two together mm. as actors, and we're going to see that in yeah. the Sherlock Holmes and, uh, and Watson film. I imagine I wasn't bothered about that being an Anchorman two, but you know, because that... no, no, nor was I. Yeah. Like that was one of the films I just kind of wanted. It had an ending, you know. Let it be, but.
1: uh eh. No, Step Brothers exactly, two doesn't
0: doesn't phase me. No, um, there's going to be a remake of Terms of Endearment. Is there? Yes. What? Why? Why? Because <laughs> Lee Daniels. That's why. Oh, okay, that makes complete sense. <laughs> okay, so Lee Daniels is circling the Terms of Endearment remake, and I really hope this does not interfere with the Richard Pryor biopic, which he is back on board with. Is he back on that now? Ooh, I'm really looking forward to that he kind of left thinking back and left thinking back And he's he's still on there at time of writing uh, But uh, he's going to be uh, either directing or writing We don't specify But uh, Oprah Winfrey is also in talks Because Lee Daniels, so of course They're best friends, that's cool <laughs> I'm good with that I just feel like Lee Daniels has one of those
1: balls from Pokemon
0: <laughs> He has a Pokemon <laughs> uh, Oprah, I choose you <laughs> <laughs> what would be, like, the next one up from Oprah? Or would that be, like... Do you know, do you know with, with, like, Pokemon, there's, there's sort of, like, three iterations of the characters? Uh, yeah, I think like so. Like, there's, like, Pikachu, Raichu, and whatever. I'm I, not a big fan of I'm not but, a
1: Pokemon person. I don't know, but, no like,
0: in, in, like, actions, would it, would, it, would it be, like, Valerie Davis, then Oprah, then Whoopi Goldberg? Like, just in terms no, I of, think like, Whoopi, Whoopi ranks lower than Oprah, surely. Oprah's up there, isn't she? Oprah's, Oprah's kind of royalty. Yeah. But, you know... Oh, I, lo- I love that Thirty Rock episode where Tina Fey okay. thinks she's sat next to Oprah <laughs> on a plane. I love that; that's so good.
1: I feel like uh, Bridesmaids because that came out right around the same time, kind of stole the thunder on that whole yeah. plane scene. But yeah, um, speaking of, uh, I've got I've got a, this bit of news. I don't know if you have this. Uh, you know, there's a Jeepers Creepers three coming. Yes. And it's it's filming shortly. Yes. Um right, two things I didn't know about this movie. One of the the second one is actually the news. Um but the first one is I didn't realise Gina Phillips from the first movie is back.
0: Huh. I've not seen the film for a long time.
1: Well it was remember it was a brother and sister. Gina Phillips was the sister, Justin Long was the brother. The brother was sort of taken in the movie, and that's Mm. kinda how it ended. And the new movie's gonna take place twenty three years later and see her as a rich woman and an army of security guards trying to protect her son from the same thing. Adrian Barbeau has joined this movie. Hmm. I'm like, whoa, I didn't even know Adrian Barbeau was still acting. (laughs) I haven't seen her in years. I haven't seen her since she turned up in an sort of Sliders in the late 90s.
0: Sliders.
1: <laughs> Remember that?
0: Yeah. So, um, there is going to be a biopic. Go on. I'm going to let you leave this a little bit. About Tom Brady. Ooh. Yeah. So, you know, sports, foosball, all that stuff. Who is Tom Brady? Tom Brady. For, for, for those of us who were named Case. Tom Brady is basically... I, I, know, the, I know he is, but yeah. Just okay, just, he's
1: yeah. basically <laughs> the greatest quarterback who has ever lived. <laughs> That's the best right. way of calling it. Um, basically, if you, whenever anyone talks about how much they love the Patriots, they, what they're actually saying is they really, really love Tom Brady. There's a prolonged gag about it in Ted 2. If you remember, where they try and steal uh, Tom Brady's C yes, I do remember. And there is a gag where the police answer a call; and it's like someone's trying to steal Tom Brady again.
0: Yeah.
1: Be- the implication being that it happens mm. that often. <laughs> believe me, that's actually not as far fetched a gag as you think, because I could believe it genuinely happening. Um, he's also been he's been at the center of a few controversies mm. as well. He's regarded as just unrivaled in the game. Um, he almost single handedly won the Super Bowl recently. A game which wasn't without its own controversies. And the Patriots themselves have had other controversies, like Deflate Gate, as it's yes. Yeah, yeah so it when they were accused yeah. of deflating the ball. Um, but yeah, Tom Brady is held up as. Think of him as the Beckham of NFL. Think of him that way. That's the best way to put it. Because hmm. you, you obviously, you've seen firsthand kind of the, the, the British effect of Beckham, you know, the British appeal of Beckham. Um, Tom Brady, same thing for NFL. Right, the movie be is being put together by a bunch of the guys who were responsible for Patriots Day. Really? Yeah. Which I feel like is Mark Wahlberg going to play Tom Brady. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh <laughs> no, I Mark Wahlberg that. is not young or striking enough to
0: play uh, Tom Brady. We can do wonders with CGI and mocap. No.
1: Entirely possible. No.
0: But, it, but it, you uh, know, it would be, be Benedict Cumberbatch in mocap because he loves mocap.
1: Speaking of I, I, right, mocap, CGI, mocap, right i got to talk about the... Uh, we were talking about Netflix films earlier. Scorsese's new one.
0: Yeah. So the the Irish Oh, man, we need to talk about this. So we need to talk about this. Is it. So this
1: $105 million I heard for this film? Netflix have Yeah, which, which is huge. But Netflix have got... They've got that, mm. that big wallet. Yeah, yeah. $105 like, million. Most of that money, apparently, is going on CGI de-aging for the their hero. cast. Yeah.
0: Which... It's unofficial because I think De Niro is the only one signed. I think. Uh, De Niro is signed and Pacino is signed. Oh, is Pacino signed? Yeah, the third one is Keitel, it's... isn't it? Oh, sorry, yeah, the fourth one. Ke- uh, Keitel is signed because mm. I feel like Keitel will just do anything now. Like, he's just. <laughs> like... I, I, I rewatched Little Mickey but... last <laughs> night. Oh, God. Just, God. Yeah. It's, it's, it's mad. It really I think, is. I feel like he just loves to work. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, get, and also that. get his wang out in Bad Lieutenant. That's Let's true. Not Did about. you ever see the American remake of Life on Mars, in which he played Gene Hunt? No. Oh, I yeah. didn't even know that was a thing. That was it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, the Americans remade Life on Mars. Yeah, he was Gene Harvey Cartel was Gene Hunt. Jason O'Mara from Tarantino's yeah. Shield, he was uh, the John Sim character. Yeah. Michael Imperioli was uh, one, of, one of the two cops. It was bizarre. Yeah. But also, because it was on American sort of, you know, mainstream you know public TV, they couldn't get away with half the stuff that we could on the BBC, for instance. So, it didn't quite work out. BBC is gritty. Yeah,
0: BBC is grittier than US mainstream TV. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the fourth person cool. that we're trying to get uh, for the Irishman is Joe Pesci. Yes, I did hear that. Yeah. So, <coughs> at one point, he was he was attached. News uh, and he was in Talks. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Because Joe Pesci is pretty notorious and he's 70 now actually. he is yeah but basically he will only do a project if he wants to do a project yeah. and people ask him all the time to do things and you know what I've he, seen he, he doesn't need to work yeah, I've he's seen just, a head really in a like duffel like bag
1: a I wouldn't force him to work if he doesn't want to
0: yeah yeah, because
1: yeah. no one ever needs another eight heads in a duffel
0: bag. No, but this this is an opportunity for him to work with Martin Scorsese, yeah. Robert De Niro again, oh, and Valpino, which is and, and tell That is a hell of a cast, and you put them it? all together. And and that story, like I just feel like only those people could tell
1: that story. So it's called The Irishman. Yeah, and it's based on a true story of a hitman, a sort of family man who's also a hitman. Who was was he responsible for killing Hoffa? Is he widely believed to have killed Hoffa? Yeah, the idea. He, he was. He was at least sort of like responsible, mm. partly responsible. Because Keitel, I know, is going to play Hoffa, and uh, De Niro is going to play the lead. Mm. Which is, I'm fascinated by this. <clears throat> but I mean, it's a mine. Martin Scorsese movie on, on Netflix, Netflix.
0: But just imagine what that means. I feel like you can see the appeal for both parties. Oh for, god! For yeah. Martin Scorsese, he gets bad budget, mm. which just he, freedom which he needs absolutely. And for Netflix, they get. It's got six and they get such a high-calibre project. Oh, and, I mean, frankly, they need. if they're going to be trying to make waves with films, they need people like this, and they need to be making films like this. That's the thing. If
1: they're spending 105000000 million, they'll spend another 100 marketing this thing. And you know what? It'll pay off. Yeah. It really
0: will. But, you can't uh, just sign up Adam Sandler for four film contracts. like No, no, man. Enough, <laughs> enough for the sand dog, man. But, uh... <laughs> Do you know what? We've been watching a few of the older ones recently, because... Sometimes it can be all right to do that. Well, we watched Wedding Singer the other week, didn't we? We did, and I enjoyed that immensely. Yeah.
1: I watched Bulletproof the same week. I think. Oh, did you? Really? Which I love, Bulletproof.
0: Yeah. Well, it was such a good movie. I watched uh, yeah. uh, Mr. Deeds the other day. That was alright. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I I like it just because Steve Buscemi plays Crazy Eyes. I like. <laughs> do you
1: know what? In a weird way, I I, I really like Big Daddy, but uh, I it, like Big Daddy it is the most. At that point, it was the most. Sort of sedated mainstream one he'd done, and yet yeah, yeah. it's there's still so many. Li- I love I love Rob Schneider in that movie. Never thought I, until that point
0: <laughs> it uh, goes together like lemon tuna fish. <laughs> Th- this is bull. <laughs> <laughs> Every time different cards, That's he wins. <laughs> what do you mean you win?
1: <laughs> I win. See Columbo, he, he pretends to be <laughs> stupid, <laughs> but really <laughs> smart, smart as tack. <laughs> See, Robert Schneider yeah, can be it, of it use. He can be okay. Yeah, yeah. he
0: can when, be of use to a when he's like. not being either the animal or a hot chick. It's true. <laughs> he's How like... weird is it they're watching that movie back now and seeing John Stewart in it though? Yeah, again, that was another one I watched recently. It's, yeah. He looks so different because he was young and brunette. Yeah, and... yeah Cassie said, "So young, so beautiful. <laughs> so young, so beautiful. So unjaded by the world." <laughs> yeah, also Leslie Mann as well in that film. Yeah, Leslie Mann.
1: Yeah. Also, I will admit <laughs> when that movie came out, um Joey Lauren Adams, I did a huge thing for Joe Lauren Adams. As did
0: I. It's, As did I, it's I the was voice. I was very uh, jealous yeah. of Kevin Smith.
1: Yes, this is the voice. But uh, Yeah, yeah, I never figured out that cold Kevin Smith thing either. But, uh, yeah, yeah, baffling. Just really, really baffling. I
0: wonder if those guys are still friends. I feel like they've got, like, they had, like, a pretty no, I, couple split. No, I
1: get the impression that Kevin Smith isn't actually friends with most of his old friends anymore. Like, because, like, yeah. for instance,
0: he says he hasn't talked to Affleck in years. Yeah, so he's not spoken to Affleck in three years. Something like that. Something like, like that. that. Yeah, but, I mean, they've both moved on to things. Yeah. So they both found, like, different niches, so it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs>
1: I feel like you probably trace that along to certain girlfriend choices over the years. Well, he did say that Jennifer <laughs> Garner just didn't like him, so maybe that is that really it right? mm-hmm. I, I was thinking more like maybe Smack Talk, J Lo, or something.
0: No, I feel like they they got on, but because um, of course they're in uh, uh girl. girl. Yeah, yeah. but uh, oh, yeah. uh, lo she's in uh, Jane Bob at the end. Yeah, she appears weird. at the end. Yeah, so you you, you would think that the you'd think stays, maybe maybe yeah, stayed bit, uh, so. uh What reviews have we got left? Have we got to, uh, Trespass Against Us. Yeah, so this is uh Mikhail Fassbender. Mikhail Fassbender. I feel like if he ever plays a Russian again, we need to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And uh Brendan, father of
1: Donald Gleason. Exactly. Um this is the traveler movie. That's uh, I didn't realise that based on me, the marketing campaign of the poster. I hadn't seen a trailer. Um and you, you see it is actually it's a story of a of a uh, three generations of a traveller family. Uh, you've got Brendan Gleeson as the grandfather, Michael Fassbender is the father, and you've got kids as well as, as, as the grandchildren. And it's basically the story of Michael Fassbender trying to find something else in life. He's tired of because they live in Gloucestershire, and he's tired of the way that he's sort of regarded in the community, like the idea that soon as someone hears his accent, for instance, they immediately have certain assumptions of him. At one point, uh, you know, in, in sort of the second or third out, he tries to buy a dog for his son. And the minute they hear his accent, there is there is an obviously racist assumption in there. And it's all about this, this nature versus nurture sort of a discussion. Mm. You've got Brendan Gleason's the grandfather in the meanwhile, who's trying to teach a more tr- what he deems to be a more traditional uh way of life, and at the same time Fastbender trying to see if there's something slightly more progressive to be going on. We've got a clip. First little stretch I right, Dan?
2: Oh, Chad would have been a bit younger than you, about five he was, I think. Yeah. Everyone does a bit of time, you know. Sooner or later. Can be God's medicine. Prison can be Tyson. Teaches you what's important. Evening, Kelly. Ty's got to go bed now. He's got school tomorrow. Oh, could I
1: just finish my story?
2: Don't go filling his head with all this jank, or
1: We was talking about his dog.
2: Don't ignore me, Tyson. Hey, that school's been rockering in some right wrongs, you know. Say what you like. It's still going. All right, then. Listen to your ma. Don't want to. I know. No, no one does. But I say so kill dogs can only play with
1: cats so long before it's the dog that gets scratched so there are little pearls of wisdom throughout the film like that um i mean as i said to you the most interesting thing about the film really is as i just pointed out to you during the clip it's the second time in two films now where michael Fassbender has prayed has played uh, brennan gleason's son Mm. because obviously that happened for the space of about three minutes in assassin's creed um which Uh, You know, was worse than this, to be fair. This is an infinitely better film than than Assassin's Creed was. The problem is, it's a very basic film. It feels... It's a very uh, low-effort, low-concept movie. It's a small, familial drama. There's not much scope to it. There's not much grandeur to it. And you do feel like... you, You come away from it feeling like the actors were bigger than the film. You know, I mean, when you've got a a small character role, you don't want Stallone to turn up and play. You know, that kind of idea Mm. where sometimes stars can kill a film and not so much Brendan Gleeson, but Fassbender in particular feels like he's way, way bigger in scope than this movie is. And it does feel like it's to the detriment of the film itself. The film itself is actually not bad. But as I say, it is basic, it is very film four. You do feel like you 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 will have watched you you either have watched it on film four or you will at some point. Mm. There's not much more to it than that. It's a very televisual production, it's very small scale. Rory Kinnear turns up actually oh, as really? the as the local busybody busybody policeman. And Rather than give him a character to work with, it feels like he's been painted more as just an annoyance. Uh, Fastbender feels too old for the role that he's got, which is as the sort of midway point between, you know, the age of, you know, being old enough to have a kid and Brendan Gleason's son. It just feels like he's 10 years too old. I know he's probably not. He's probably like 36 if you look it up, but he's always to be younger than you think he is. But it just feels like they need someone slightly younger. Um, having said that, the performance is good. But it doesn't fit the tone of the film. It feels too big a performance for this film, and the accent doesn't quite work, to be honest. Uh, Gleason, though, he's fine. He's you know it, it's the reliable Brendan Gleeson turn. I've never seen Brendan Gleeson be bad in anything, and I don't think he's going to start anytime soon. But uh, I always forget that Brendan Gleeson was in Braveheart. Yeah, playing a Scottish man, <laughs> playing a Scottishman, which has got to feel, has got to bring about some internal to- internal yeah. turmoil. And hasn't his
0: it? dad, uh,
1: James Cosmo yes yes he was yeah yeah pretty great casting <laughs> it was a great casting wow if only braveheart won some oscars yeah but
0: uh, <laughs> yeah hold why wouldn't you just let Mel in yeah, God, why you let Mel win some awards man <laughs> oh man did you win best
1: picture braveheart
0: uh yeah it did
1: yeah I did you win best
0: director did it yeah it did oh, okay yeah so, um yeah. yeah that was that was another one that was 95 I think 95, 96? I, f- I think it came out 95, The film was 95, One at the beginning of 96, yeah. Yeah, um, it was against uh, Apollo 13. Which yes. was kind of yes. like, that was the one that was predicted to win. Because that won the PGA and the DJ yeah. and the SAG.
1: And the other day, I was watching Scorpion the other day, <laughs> and had to explain that, because they, they were on the Vomit Comet, the plane that does yeah. the graph thing, yeah, yeah. and had to explain that, yeah, that's how they filmed Apollo 13, mm. on that plane. They just took it up, took it down. They did multiple trips per day. The actors <laughs> actually filmed that in Zero Gravity. They
0: actually did that. It is
1: the only film where the anti-gravity is real. The lack of gravity is completely real in that movie. And, uh, yeah, so that's one of my favourite ever uh, <coughs> filmmaking documentaries
0: as well, as The Making of Apollo 13. I would like to see that. Well, it's an interesting one. But uh, So, film news. Film news. Mr. T is going to be on Dancing with the Stars. What? Yeah. Club Alang. The one and only Clublang. So what? Clublang is going to become Disco Lang. Disco Lang. <laughs> <laughs> Ted alang <Clubber> <laughs> So according to his Twitter, which I I, I love this. You follow Mister T on Twitter? No, he just popped up on like a thing. Fair enough. But fair enough. I'm going to. I'm going to follow him. Oh, okay. Of course, he starts it with. Hey, fool! (laughs) As he would, as he totally would. Um, I will be on Dancing with the Stars. I am honoured to have. And he goes on talks about his his partner. Uh, Then he also says, "Between me and you, I really can't dance, but I will do my very best for the children of the uh, the two charities that he's going for. Uh, But make no mistake about it, fool! I will train and I'll practice real hard."
1: (laughs) I feel like Mister T needs to team up with the Rock. Oh, that would make
0: me it needs to happen, doesn't it? I feel like my heart will become too big for my chest. Like <laughs> if that happened? It would just because he's just, he just seems like such a nice dude. He kind of does, doesn't he? And he, he he like loves mums as well. Like he had the whole like PSA in, in the eighties when he was like respect your mum. Yeah, fair treat, enough. Treat your mama right. I think it was um,
1: he, okay. I, I got a bit of film news i got to talk about. Um, you know uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice? No, never seen it no never seen seen that one Uh, which i actually i cannot believe that that film wasn't bigger than it was it's great i love that that film. that should
0: have been a franchise
1: it should have been shouldn't it It, it, it's such a natural fit for a franchise it had there's more franchise potential in the sources apprentice than there was in the pirates of the caribbean series (laughs) so it's not surprising then that there's a sort of equivalent franchise that's actually now being started up and it's based on a series of young adult novels it's called a darker shade of magic and instead of Nicolas Cage, you're going to have, wait for it, Gerald Butler. Oh,
0: I have heard about this. You have yeah. heard of
1: this. He's going to play a wizard named Kel with the ability to um. zip between parallel universes. And the idea is you've got a city, you've got the city of London, and it's an anchor point between four parallel universes. So you have grey London, red London, hmm. uh, white London, and... I forget all the colours,
0: but the idea is that in one reality... If there's a white, there's a grey, there's a black, there's a red. Probably. Yes, there you yeah. go, okay.
1: And the idea is that uh, in one in one of these universes, it, it's ours, so you know, there's no such thing as magic, it's a myth. There's another one where people fight for magic, fight to control magic. There's another one where magic has destroyed everything, and there's another one where magic is worshipped in, in, like a, in a godlike way. And this is the idea, he befriends a local London pickpocket, and they go on an adventure across the parallel universes this is actually a potential trilogy. This is this is what it's being planned as. I'm like, okay, Gerald Butler, I could kind of see that, because the idea of a young, a, a young adult fantasy romp series is not something that Gerald Butler's really ever done, is it? Mm-hmm. Not really, no. He's in one of the Tomb Raiders, but that's for a very <laughs> different kind of demographic. And I think at one point he's actually in the Tomb Raider, so, you know. This does that. <laughs> That's a terrible gag. I'm or, so sorry. Or, uh, Womb Raider. Or Womb Raider, <laughs> which I believe is actually the name of the porn parody. I mean, not. I think not I feel like
0: we should have a podcast, Sexus well. It's just dedicated to porn parodies. Porn parodies. Because there's some great titles. I'm, I'm still sticking with
1: The Gaze Runner. Needed. The gaze runner. The Gaze Runner needed to be made. Because all these porn parodies that they, they make of movies mm. are always heterosexual in nature or Girl on Girl. It's never Guy on Guy. I can't help but think there is an untapped demographic there. Yeah. So, The gaze Runner,
0: obvious one. Think about it. Because most of the cast is male. Yeah. Do you know there's one about Hamilton called Hamilton? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: man. Did I, did I tell you, by the way, you know the lawnmower, man? I know it. I know it well. Yeah,
0: you know it well. It's an awful movie. I I, I know of Job.
1: You know know of of Job, Job. yeah. It's an awful movie, isn't it? It, it, It's one of those. It's got like a cult classic status because of how bad it is. You know that that's coming back as a VR experience. Is it really? Yeah. The actual company who are doing, I think, like the Avatar VR game or whatever, are working on a a, a Lawnmower Man VR game. Which just That's cool. I feel like that should happen sooner. That does. I, I'm just pleading with them now. Please go and get Pierce Brosnan, and Jeff Fahey back. Yeah. Because l- let's resurrect Lord No Man. Let's let let's let's let's, let's polish let's, this let's, turd. Let's, let's, let's do this thing. Let's, let's digitally it. polish this turd.
0: I think I think there's room to grow there with the uh, the Lord No Man series. That mm. sequel was awful. Did you ever see it? I never saw the sequel now, I, I, I've heard that it's in like sort of The Fly to... It, Area. it plays like hackers.
1: It, it's just the oh, weirdest hackers. thing. The um, oh. Lawnmower Man is, as a kid, fascinating because we're one of the few examples I can think of of a movie where the bad guy actually won. So, you know, bad guy actually got his way in the end. So yeah, I can live with that.
0: Yeah. But okay, final review. Oh yeah, we've got more films. We've got one more film. One more film. <laughs> one more film. And... Or, or should we should we say it like like Vin Diesel? One more film. <laughs> <laughs> one last film. Because, <laughs> you know, cause, you know he's, he's got family. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He's got yeah, good yeah. friends, he's got family. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, according, not according to the poster for F8 now, but. You know.
0: Oh, what, what, what was the tagline for that? I remember it being pretty bad. What was it? Uh, no, I don't remember now. I'll, I'll look it up. Tell me about a headshot. Okay, so headshot. This is this is going to intrigue the hell
1: out of you. What would you say if I told you that there is a movie starring Iko Ue, the
0: star of the raid, mm. that plays like the born identity. In the style of the raid I would say here is my money I would like one ticket for what you are selling sir
1: Excellent Congratulations that film exists For about half of this film
2: (laughs) Right,
1: okay. So the basic plot is, Eco Away is found, washed up on the beach one day by a fisherman, gunshot wound to the head, no memory whatsoever. Hence headshot. Hence headshot. Is nursed back to health by a rather lovely young doctor. And uh, she is then, uh, but they are then, collectively, they are assaulted by what seem to be just assassins from nowhere. She is taken by them, and he sets out to not only get her back, but also solve the mystery of who the hell these people are to begin with <clears throat> the only problem is if i did you ever see danny the dog do you remember that movie? it was called unleashed no. in the uk it starred so. jet lee and and bob hoskins and morgan freeman and it was set in scotland you, i don't remember right if you've never seen it genuinely check out either title unleashed or danny the dog, danny dog. watch it i guarantee you it's the best film you've never seen it's fantastic. Yeah. It's also the best film Jet Li ever did. And I mean that on artistic. I like that somebody's level.
0: used that sentence for another film other than Broken Glass. Not Broken Glass, Shattered Glass. Because I feel like that's. <laughs> everyone always says that's the best one you've never seen. Shattered Glass? Yeah. Thank I like Shattered Glass. That's I, the I, I Hayden
1: Christensen journalism movie, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Like it's good the film. one good performance he has ever put in. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, anyway, so uh, check out Diet Dog. Seriously, you will be thanking me when you've seen that movie. It is great. Um. So, in order to assert himself as the new Jet Li, Iko Uwe has decided to just, you know, <laughs> throw caution to the wind and just basically uh, do his own version of Unleashed or Danny the Dog. And that's what the second half of the film becomes. Uh, the problem with the film is it's, it's nearly two hours long and an inordinate amount of time is spent with that sort of staring into the middle distance thing. You know in an Honest trailer when they do, and, stares, and they do a montage of people staring... They're going to have a field day if they ever want to do an honest trailer for Headshot. Having said that, the film does have some amazing points. It opens with the greatest jailbreak sequence you have ever seen. And I mean, I'm waiting for Furious 8 in the hope that they can somehow outdo (laughs) this. Because there's got to be at least one jailbreak in Fast and Furious 8, right? I
0: believe there's a photo already. of There's got to be one. There's a prison riot at some point. Yeah. No. Hobbs is in like a prison jumpsuit. Mm. Like. Well, I mean, but well, I, I,
1: I'm now the, the big the benchmark now is can they outdo the jailbreak sequence at the very beginning of Headshot, which is you know break, which is completely without pause and just lasts about ten minutes. It is brutal, it is bloody, and it's terrific. Eko Away, I quite like as a performer. I liked him very much in the raid. Um, he's got the acting chops. He's got the physical chops, and here's something that's going to amuse the hell out of you. What do we love more than anything, Mister Allen? Gavon Wallace. That too, actually, yes. Um, <laughs> we love a good. We love a good uh, filmmaking name. We love a Foucault film. We do love a Fuqua film. We love a, a Kinberg narrative. Can, uh, Kinberg genre. Kinberg genre. Sorry, we love a Kinberg genre. What is what is this a one? Spike Lee joint. Spike Lee joint is yeah. my favourite. What would you say if I was to tell you that this film is choreographed by the Uwe team? the I away team that. that is actually a thing the away team i say that to a man who was formerly of a band called riker that's true there is there is actually a choreographed team in the world called the U a team and that <laughs> that is who is responsible <laughs> there for was it.
0: someone whose name of his planet is bumble ward <laughs> that really is tim burton's publicist is it's named bumble, bumble ward. ward that's incredible though yeah
1: so the away, the away team. team always remember that i think was a home team <laughs> like, <laughs> and they fight each other <laughs> Well, if if Ken Holm has a production team, <laughs> then odds are there's a home team, and if they ever need to stage a fight scene, then the the home team and the away team are going to have to team up.
0: Wait, Ken, who who, who is Ken Home? Ken Holm was the chef,
1: wasn't he? Is that Ken Hom? Ken Hom. I thought it was Holm. There's Ian Holm, obviously. Okay, then, there we go. If Ian Holm has a production company, and he just, he needs a fight scene choreographed. He can call in the away team, and we have the home team home and the team. away team teaming up
0: to form Genius. a new team I mean that's that's an Avengers style that is franchise and from, the poster will be, be called out. Home and Uwe oh. <laughs> <laughs> a tagline just for each day da, 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 da.
1: <laughs> right so headshot not quite as brilliant as you want it to be a little too much navel gazing a little too pondering into the distance but the dramatic stuff works the fight scenes are terrific eco Uwe genuinely is the next big action star I really want I, I want a raid 3 purely to you know get his name back mm. out there um I, I really like the style of it, I think the, the look of it works, the feel of it works, it's got intensity, it's got ferocity, but it does hang that up all too often to just do some staring, hmm. and that's kind of a problem.
0: We'd love a good stare. It is, but it did
1: make me want to watch Danny the Dog again, which I might do tonight now, <laughs> but I can't believe you've never
0: seen Danny Dog, you'd love that movie! I mean, there's like a billion films.
1: If I told you that and Morgan I've only got Freeman, got two, I've only got two eyes. If I told you that Morgan Freeman has no eyes in it, that he's a
0: blind <gasps> pianist in Scotland. Come on, my my first question is how how did he end up in Scotland, or is is he Scottish? We obviously got on the wrong plane, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> I said, blind pianist, <laughs> who is he? Harrison Ford. <laughs>
1: No, Harrison Ford would fly blind. That's the difference. He'd actually I feel pilot like, I feel like he has. Blind. I feel like he has. But uh, yeah. <laughs> this really opens us up to a lawsuit this week, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't... Oh, like, if Harrison Ford is trying to board my plane...
1: You'd be like, where's your family, Harrison? Yeah. Just tell Un- us now. Unless,
0: unless he is my president. <laughs> Get off my
1: plane. <laughs> I feel really bad, actually. I, I'm always really jealous. Calvin did the uh, the, the press con for Force Awakens hmm. with Harrison Ford. And I've always been jealous as hell of that. That's that's the one I really want to do. And Force One Awakens. But uh, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher. Oh, man. I'm so jealous of that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, Ugh. Headshot, it, it's all right. It's There's some stuff going for it. It's let down by my stairs but uh, it's but good,
0: it, it, uh, honest trailer voice and
1: it did give us the away team so i mean come on you're not topping away team this week no no i'm i'm going to try but i'm going to fail on which note shall we continue the oscar theme for this week then and have our moment of cage i
0: feel like it would be rude and disrespectful not to here it is your moment of the cage
2: oh boy oh boy Three and a half million dollar budget, some 16 millimeter, uh, film stock thrown in, and I'm holding one of these. I have got to thank the members of the Academy for this, for including me in this group of super talents, and, and for helping me blur the line between art and commerce with this award. I, uh, I, uh, well, I, I know it's not hip to say it, but I just love acting, and I hope that, uh, I hope that there will be more encouragement for uh, alternative movies where we can experiment and fast forward into the future of acting. Let me thank the awesome, multi-talented Mike Figgis. My incredible, my incredible amazing co-star Elizabeth Shue. I am, I am gonna share this award with both of you. And uh, 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 the late John O'Brien whose spirit moved me so much. Tony Dingman. Annie Stewart, the producers, Annie Stewart, Stewart Regan, everyone at MGM, UA, I'm sorry, and Lumiere. I'd like to thank Ed Lamato, my colleagues, Jerry Harrington, Jeff Levine, Richard Lovett, and uh, uh, everyone in my family, my gorgeous wife, Patricia. And I just finally want to say, hi, Weston, it's Daddy. I love you. Thank you.